Welcome. I hope you enjoy the conversation you're about to see between me and another comedian about religion and comedy. These are conversations I'm calling Disorganized Religion. God bless. And for those atheists out there, may nothing await you after this life. Hey, nerds. Welcome to another edition of Disorganized Religion. I am your host, as always, Seth Lawrence. And this week, I am joined by the fantastic, the mighty, the co-host of the Over Yonder mic, and uh, someone you can actually find on Instagram. She's gaining some real fame. How about, how about that for a pun? The one, the only, Maria Bruguer. Maria, thank you, you so much Thanks for joining for me this me. week. Absolutely. Absolutely. How's, uh, how's quarantine been treating you? I, it's been good. You know, I still have my job, so ah, uh, I'm happy good. about that. Yeah, that's really good. And things have kind of been busy and then been slow, and now they're getting busy again. So I'm happy about that. I've been doing. Sure. What, what is your What is your career? Your day job? What is your day job? Yeah, so I work at a social media agency. It's actually ah. called uh, Rosewood Creative. A little plug there for them. Sure. Um, and we work with huge brand. We work with Apple. We've worked with Netflix. I, I'm not going to say the account that I work on. <laughs> fair enough. Fair but enough. I think that's fair. Yeah. So, but we yeah. work with big, big corporations and we manage their social media accounts. So we've done some really, some really cool stuff and it's creative. So I'm creative with comedy and I'm creative at work and it's yeah. kind of a dream come true. So that's great. And that seems yeah. uh, to be kind of a, uh, cohesive, you know, skill set that you've got. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I moved back to LA. I lived in LA for like five years and then I moved back to Portland where I'm from for a while. And then I came back down here for the job and the comedy thing just happened to work itself out too. So I kind of got lucky. Yeah, that's great. Well, and that's probably good. You're in LA now as opposed to Portland now, given all of the protests and everything that's gone on in Portland. Have you been following all that really closely? or uh yeah i have um i i know uh i've got a few insider tips that i i'm not going to share but uh oh all right well fair <laughs> enough all right little teasers you can dm me if you want to know the oh, there's the slide there no yeah. um i uh i have been following it you know it's funny a lot of people i've talked to are like yeah we'd move to portland if it wasn't for the politics up there right now and i'm sorry yeah. it's literally like a five block radius of can i say on this show yeah yeah you okay can say it's like a want. five block radius of like regardless yeah. of what side you're on i think yeah it's mostly peaceful protesters but um have they decided know, what they're chaos. calling themselves uh haven't they I split between a couple know. different names they have i think there's it's like freedom fighters maybe that was up in seattle and then i think like people sort of coin the Antifa thing, even though it's uh, not really a name, but it's like sure. everybody Antifa, let's be real. Like, you yeah, know? I mean, I didn't know how political <laughs> we were going to get on this, yeah. but it's, it's, all right. If you want to talk about Antifa, is it a group or is it an idea? Is Antifa a group of people? Is it an organization? I think it's an idea that yeah. certain people who have a lot of activity on Twitter would like to make it a thing. Right, um, right. I think if you're a real, I, I don't, this is going to sound really political, but I think if you're a real American, you should, you should be Antifa. Ooh, wow. You know, okay. like, I think that's, I think anti-fascist. I think fascism's not a great thing. Sure. Uh, I, think I mean, it's pretty weird that people on TikTok think it's a good idea to be, to be fa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so, I mean, the, pro-fa? The, uh, 
the Portland thing, you know, like the suburbs are fine. Most of yeah. the city is fine. Yeah. I think, you know, it's a little weird that people are afraid of Portland. Like there are much worse things going on in other parts of the state than what's going on in the city of Portland. Well, of course, and, and much worse things going on in other parts of the world than anything that's going on in the United States. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, if you've ever stepped outside of your zip code, you would probably figure that out. Right, right. I mean, regarding the idea versus organization thing, I don't know why Republicans don't just come back with, well, white supremacy is an idea, but there are lots of organizations that are white supremacists. So that's probably why they don't. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fair. The whole thing is weird. And I also think that Republicans defending white supremacy at this point would be it's kind of a moot point, right? Like to say that that's an idea and then they're organizing. I mean, really right. you're going to defend right. this, this term. I don't know. I mean, I feel like even, even with it, it's typically the discussion is about freedom of speech and they focus on, look, you know, we need to protect freedom of speech, even for the white supremacists, because then, you know, for protecting all freedom of speech, they, they will be included with that. Right. And it's kind of one of the un, unfortunate externalities of freedom of speech but even there it's it's really uncomfortable it's really even me just saying it is very uncomfortable yeah well i think everybody wants to protect freedom of speech i don't think that's a do i don't they, think maria that's, do yeah, they I do. I do i don't think that's a one side or the other i think everybody yeah. has their own agenda of of what it is they want to protect within it and i think it's sure. very nuanced but i think it's the first amendment. Like everybody's going to fight for that for however it serves them, you know? Right. Like, right. The second amendment's another story. That's I much mean, more materialistic. Come amendment. on. <laughs> second amendment is like the most American amendment there is. Are you kidding me? That's the most Antifa amendment there is, is the second amendment. It's, uh, it's so different. You know, the first amendment yeah. is so clear, I think in a lot of ways. And the second amendment is so it's sort of old school. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That is true. I mean, I think both have uh, good intentions at heart. I will say the mm-hmm. Second Amendment came from a good place, I believe, uh, a place of necessity, perhaps, mm-hmm. whereas the First Amendment is probably one that is uh, a universal truth. You know, yeah. it'd be nice to have all the time. Yeah. Um, like, like some of them are sort of unarguable ethics, you know, and mm. morals. And then the other ones just sort of like, this is a thing and we think you should be able to have it. Yeah. It's not really the same. I don't know. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, when you're, when you're faced with an oppressive regime an oppressive government, you kind of need both, you know, you need to be able to speak your mind and enforce your idea if, if they are infringing on your right. But yeah. But if women <sighs> ruled the world, if women rule the world, you don't we think there'd be... We might not need it. I mean, I don't know. A woman rule, rules my house, and there is violence. I will say that. There is violence. <laughs> but you're Mormon. Fronts. It's supposed to be perfect. <laughs> we are striving for perfection. Uh-huh. Uh, we're yeah. not quite there yet, but we're closer than everyone else. That's, that's where mm. we are with that. Yeah, I don't know. You think it's time? Do you think it's time for uh, a woman president, for Joe Biden to kick the can, as it were, and just make way for Kamala Harris? I mean, I don't want I don't want Joe to kick the can. I think I think he's worked really hard given his age and his accomplishments, and I don't yeah. think he had to do this. I, I mean, if we want to know about the Second Amendment, he was there when it was written. We should ask him. <laughs> 
That's oh, funny. oh, oh. Burn on the old guy. Burn on the guy who gets his raisins every morning. Oh my God. You know, I was saying, <laughs> I've been saying it, Mike. So I'm like, you know, we're living, the United States is basically just one big assisted living facility. Okay. Yeah. And they took the two loudest, crankiest guys and they were like, let's just see what happens. Sure. And they're just throwing raisins at each other out of their oatmeal. You gave me too many. You gave me the wrong ones. Yeah. These raisins are immigrants. I don't want, you know, it's just, right. that's what we're in right now. So yeah, it's really. It's unfortunate that vp debate yeah. though was pretty good did you like the vp debate the vp debate was good i think people keep asking me my opinion on it which is i mean i'm sort of politically minded so i get it but ah, sure i i thought it was boring i think a lot mm. of people felt that way but i thought it was boring in a good way and i yeah. think if you were curious about kamala you kind of got a sense for who she is mm-hmm. um and i think I hate to say this, but people did see her softer side a little bit. Like, I think she presented very friendly, even though she was firm. Um, yeah. I don't know that we saw that in the in the primary debates. I think she was much more of a, po- a prosecutor. Mm. Whereas last night, she was kind of a teacher. She was like, I'm speaking. Like, you're going to shut up. Teacher uh, or a mom, right? One of the yeah, two. yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I thought that was good. I thought she looked great. I thought she, her knowledge and her, like, studying that she did leading up to that really showed yeah Um, mike pence is a robot yeah he that's exactly what i was gonna say he's a machine but i'm not a good machine like a machine that's malfunctioned and is now functioning on a different plane and we're not sure what happened but there's no point in fixing it uh okay i mean i don't know that he's malfunctioned i think he's serving the exact purpose he was meant to serve he's just not an interesting machine yeah, I just think it's, it makes me a little bit sad. I think like, mm. it makes me sad that the Republican Party, there, there are good things about the Republican Party, okay? Like, I think that some of the stuff that they've represented over the years, it's changed a lot, but it's good to have a balance of power. Yeah. And right now, it's the Republican Party is so confused and they don't know who to stick up for. They don't know if they want to stick up for themselves. You know, like, mm. for example, Mitt Romney's tried to stick up for certain things and then sure. it gets kind of walked back. And I think there's yeah. a lot of threatening and bribing. And I think it's sad that very yeah. few of them have come forward and been like, you know what, we've had enough. Like enough is enough. Yeah. And it doesn't make us radical leftists to go against this guy in power. Right. Right. I mean, I think, okay, well, first of all, who do you think is the more boring machine, Mitt Romney or Mike Pence? Mm, I think, so I have a, getting into the religion a little bit, I have a little bit of a soft spot for Mormons because I grew up around a lot of Mormons. and. Are there a lot of Mormons in Portland? Is that where you grew up? There's quite a few Mormons in Portland. There's a really nice temple if you've never been. Yeah, there's a really I've not nice been to temple. that one, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah, a l- little secret. So when they built that temple, my parents got to take a tour of it because they sure. opened it up to the public. And so they yeah. feel very special about that because once you're, once it's open, you don't get right. to. Um, no, we're very selective about who goes in. Yeah, and I grew uh, up, or, you know. Uh, maybe 15 yeah. minutes. I grew up 15 minutes from uh, that temple. So quite, a, I think people wow. probably gravitate to some of that, I would yeah. imagine, Mormon wise. Um, sure. So grew up with a lot of Mormons and like grew up just learning a lot about the religion from just going to school with kids, not even being necessarily interested in the religion. And then in college, uh, a couple of my really best guy friends all through college were, I went to Oregon state, but they played football. Yeah. So they got to sort of forego the missionary thing and the BYU Uh thing to go play football. Sure. 
and so I was really close with them. And so I get it. Like, I, I yeah. get what you guys are about. I like, it's not for me, but I get yeah. it. I understand it works for some people. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it is really good. You know, I think for the most part, you guys are a great group of people who are loving and kind and want, haven't like sort of an ideal perspective on things. Uh -huh. um, you're not a religion that's tried to like go to war with a ton of people like other, you know, like <laughs> there's on, just yet. some element. Yeah, not there's yet. just some elements yeah. of it that are really good. Yeah, uh, I obviously have other opinions about certain parts of it, but so sure. I get it. Like, I think what Mitt Romney represents on a lot of levels is really great. I don't really feel like Mike Pence stands for much. I think yeah. he just sort of exists. And yeah. like, I think he even said it last night. He's like, I never expected to be vice president. And it's like, he really probably didn't. <laughs> You know, yeah. like Kamala was probably like, yeah, you know what? At some One point day. I'm going to be in charge. Okay. Yeah. And Mike's like, yeah, I like, I like mother and this is weird. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how I ended up here. But yeah. I think, so uh, I think that's, that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I can't wait. A couple things. I can't wait to get into the aspects of my faith that you are not super fond of because that is what yeah. I love talking to people about. Uh, and the other is, uh, you know, our, our love of the First Amendment, I think, is really what drew me to stand-up comedy. Because I, I feel like there are people out there that don't really believe in all of what free speech professes. That there are certain terms and words and expressions they want banned. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just curious as to why they want them banned and to challenge mm -hmm. that notion, right? So that's part of for me, what I love about doing stand-up as it relates to the First Amendment, is that similar for you or are you coming to stand-up for a different, uh, different reason altogether? Um, I don't think I read the First Amendment and was like, you know what, stand-up comedy. That's what I see <laughs> when I read the First right. Amendment. Well, that's I don't what think I did. It yeah. And when I read the history books in like eighth grade or whenever you really learn U.S. history, that's not what came to mind. Um, yeah. What drew me to stand-up comedy, I would say... I've always been really opinionated. So I, I grew up in a household with two parents. Like people always joke, they're like, you guys are Italian. And I was like, no, I, I would never want to be Italian. Like oh. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan of Italian. That's All a whole right. other, that's a whole nother story. I understand yeah. I'm lumping people into a category, but. Well, you heard it here. From. Maria Bruguer. Racist. No. Bit racist against the Italians. Love the food. Would love to appropriate the culture, but just not the people. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, and because we've always been opinionated, um, I grew up like we had family dinner almost every night and my parents yeah. would just sit and talk about the day or yeah. the news or the election or, you know, gay rights, whatever was going on in the adult world was what yeah. was going on at my dinner table. And so yeah. I sort of, I guess, grew up at the adult table, so to speak. And I have a brother. And so it was a very, you know, family of four or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. Are you the older of the two? I am. Uh -huh. Yeah. And, and I've just, I've always been interested in public speaking. I was yeah. always in student leadership. I always had an opinion. I always had no problem letting people know I had an opinion verbally. Sure. And sure. I think that worked in my favor until I graduated college and got into the corporate world and realized that if you want to work in corporate America, unless you're at the top and a white man, you don't really get to have an opinion. You're, you're just oh, supposed boy. to be happy to, and grateful to be there because we've finally let you in. Oh boy. All um, right. And so I felt a little like silenced or ignored or, mm. 
I just felt like all of a sudden I didn't get to have a voice. And I was like, if this is what the next 30 years is supposed to be, yeah, I'm out. Like, yeah. I can't do this. So I got a job at, a, at an agency, at a social media agency. I took a stand-up class in, when I was in Portland from a uh-huh. really great guy and, and, and gal who are now both LA comics and doing oh, huge nice. things. Yeah. And, um, and I just started doing it. And then after that, I was like, oh, this is a place kind of to the first amendment point, just not as literally where I can get up. I can have an opinion. I could make yeah. money for having an opinion. Sure. It doesn't have to be a popular opinion. Right. Uh, In fact, it's sometimes be, better if it's not. Yeah. It just has to be popular enough that people will respect you for it. So <laughs> right. you, have to, you have to at least be able to make a point where people are like, I, I get it. Like, yeah. I see it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I realized that that was my outlet for just, all of these thoughts in my head. I've always been a yeah. writer. I've always, that's like the subjects I did well in school and I did sports journalism in college. And yeah. so it just sort of made sense. I wish I'd found it about 10 years sooner than I did. Right. But you know, right. you like this, it's sort of the curse of the suburban lifestyle. You have a decent family, you have yeah. a decent upbringing, you go yeah. to a decent college, you make decent grades and you get a decent job. And then you right. realize, oh, this is not what happy. I wanted. You're like, yeah. Oh. yeah, 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 exactly. Well, and so did your parents kind of like steer you away from anything entertainment based or was that just no, I think, even in your head? I think they both secretly wish they'd worked in entertainment. Ah, um, okay. I think uh, my mom actually like dabbles a little bit in documentary filmmaking and she's lived in LA for the last several years. And so she's done things here and there. And mm-hmm. um, my dad was an entrepreneur and CEO at a tech company. So he was the front man. So that gives way to public speaking and yeah. public events. And he's very well known in Oregon. Um, and he ran for United States Senate in 1996. Oh, as wow. Democrat against a Mormon guy. Hey, <laughs> oh my gosh. And did he yeah. lose? Cause he took on the Lord. He did. Yeah. So you Man. guys are strong. Wow. When we pray, we pray. <laughs> uh, so you're yeah. not just from like a family that's a little bit politically leaning. Like you're from a political family. You guys are in. Um, yes and no. I mean, he did that for whatever, a year and a half, two years, however long it takes to run a campaign. I was very sure. young, but very aware of what was going on. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, he lost and got out of politics at that point. And mm. he was, but he was on the school board in my district. Um, yeah. And he's always been involved in, in companies and whatever. So sure. uh, he likes, he's a leader by nature. Um, and so I definitely grew up with that example. And my mom is very much a leader in her own right and was the president of the PTA and yeah. is, getting, is always getting things going. So when you sure. have parents like that, you don't really have a choice. Like, cause you're just brought up to be like, don't take no for an answer. Don't yeah. let anybody like push you around. If you've got something to say, you might as well say it. So you just right. go out into the world and you're like, everybody wants to hear what I have yeah. to say. Get Interesting. Into a- a regular job and they're like actually we'd prefer if you could just, just don't tamp it tamp it down <laughs> yeah. a little bit yeah so. gotcha now you and i met because of uh wendy wendy jean wilkins how yeah. did you meet her uh so i don't even think she remembers this but mm-hmm. i think the first time i went to west side comedy after i moved back for a mic 
and I'm sure my name got pulled because I was new or whatever. (laughs) And I was standing next to her. And I remember I was like, this sounds bad, but I was like, okay, there's this middle-aged lady here here to do comedy. Like she must be a teacher or something. And she like, and this is just how she gets her angst out. Cause there's a lot of women or people who are middle-aged who just do it on the side. Right. And, um, and I now where's West Side for those listeners and viewers yeah. who have no idea about the LA comedy scene. Where's West Side Comedy Theater? Uh, West Side Comedy is in Santa Monica in an alleyway that you have yeah. to be very careful uh, when you are going to and from your car. Right. Yeah. <laughs> super, uh, super sketch, actually. Yeah. 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 No, it's good. But Chris Borbos that runs it is fantastic. It's a great, it's honestly, it's one of the better clubs, I think. Yeah, it's um, a great club. And Neil Brennan now is doing shows, well, before the pandemic times he was doing a show every tuesday right right before the mm-hmm. open mic he was yeah adam sandler actually dropped into the open mic one night i don't know if you ever heard that i did yeah. hear about that it yeah. was one of the nights that i did not want to go down and that's always the way you know <laughs> yeah it was fun i walked it was funny i walked in and the door guy who's my buddy i was like what's going on he's like adam sandler's on stage and i was like don't mess oh, around with me right now on. i was like it's 10 o'clock on a tuesday he goes why don't you just go look for yourself <laughs> Okay, I see that you're serious now. Thank you. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, I would have been like, okay, I can't handle another impression of Adam Sandler. Yeah. I, oh my God. Exactly. And then but, of course, like the people who go went up before him at the mic are like, I opened for Adam Sandler, and I'm like, Yeah, right. Right. Did you or yeah. were you just there? Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Claim that you open for him, and then disappoint mm-hmm. everyone in the audience right. after they exactly. see your set. Exactly. Oh my gosh. So how long have you been doing stand up now? Uh, I am in my third year, almost full. Well, let's see, it'll be four years next June. Got it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what was the, what was the catalytic moment for you? Why, why the first open mic? Um, so I took a, I took a couple classes, but I took a, like a 10 week class, which I mean, I guess why the class then? Why the class? Um, well, I was too afraid to go to an open mic by myself. I think just like the protocol of, what it is and what it entailed. And I wanted to have something written before I went, but I wasn't totally sure how to write a joke. Like I'm very funny and engaging when I tell a story. Sure. So I was in my head, I was like, I'm going to be like Chappelle because Chappelle makes it look so easy. Right. Of course he does. Right. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go and write these great stories about my life and get up on stage. And I took the class and I started doing that and nobody is laughing yeah and they're like so you kind of have to have a punchline like you have (laughs) to have like a rhythm to it and that honestly took me a lot longer than I wanted it to but Uh then I was so focused on it that it finally clicked and it it didn't take long after that after that I was like okay god there's a formula you can still get the story across you just have to you know yeah hold people's interest yeah and so uh and so I took the class and then you go to a couple open mics and in Portland, a lot of people will tell you the Portland comedy scene is really good. And I think for some people it is. Sure. I think I didn't really find myself relating to the culture of the Portland comedy scene. And I don't mm. mean that in a bad way. I just mean it as like, if I still lived in Portland, I don't know that I would do comedy. I just yeah. don't know that it was my group of people. I just, something about it just felt off. And so I would kind of mm-hmm. go intermittently to Mike's and then I signed up for another class because I really liked the structure of just, I was good enough at school that structure. I'm like, okay, cool. I can yeah, do this. I get this. This makes right. sense. Right. And then I go to a couple more mics, and then I came down here 
Well, no, actually, I went to visit a friend in Tucson, and somebody mm. gave me an email address of Laughs Comedy in Tucson. Ah. So I emailed them, and I was like, hey, I'm a comedian. Here's my tape for yeah. my showcase. Can I do a guest spot? And they said yes, which oh, was... Oh, wow. I was like, there's no way. It's yeah. Like, either somebody thinks I'm hot, or they feel bad for me, or they're high when they watch the video. Sure, sure. Like, I don't know what it was. I, but yeah. I I'm not sure it was the comedy. I was okay. I had a couple jokes. Okay. I mean, it had to have been the comedy because it's so difficult for women, right? In the comedian industry. So it had to have been that you were funny. I think, I don't know. That had to have been it. I think I had a couple good jokes. Like I didn't, the set wasn't a Yeah, I'm sure you did. Yeah. So, yeah. So they're like, yeah, sure. Come down. So of course, then I'm like crapping my pants. I'm like, okay, I've got, I've got to come up with five minutes. I'm doing this club. It's going to be so, like the last comedy and she's like a great, great club. Great club. And, um, and so I go and I actually meet, do you know, Paul Moomjean? Yeah. Paul. Yeah, you do. Moon we did a Jean. Show. We've done a show. Yeah. So I met, that's how I met Paul was in Tucson. No kidding. Yeah. Sure. And of course, Paul's not going to not introduce himself to me. Yeah. Right. Right. So, right. um, so we chat and he gives me his contact info and he's like, next time you're in LA, let me know if yeah. you want to get some mics or whatever. So I flew down to LA and, uh, and of course, because I'm, a, I was an idiot back then. I was like, I'm going to do the comedy store open mic. <laughs> sure. And crush it. And because just get I booked. have the best three minutes in all of Los Angeles. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so we show up, my mom was with me. Paul oh, wow. met us there. Yeah. yeah. And I sign up for the open mic and I like, I'm so stupid because I have more self-respect than this, but I wore like a low cut shirt Beautiful. and I did my hair and I did the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. And so of course I got picked. I got picked. Of course you did. Second or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, this is it. This is my moment. Whatever. Yeah. So it's Here we so go. stupid. It's like embarrassing to even tell really. I should have, I should have left some details out. I think. <laughs> So this I go on stage, yeah. Theo Vaughn is hosting. So it was before he kind of started to take off. Right. And of course, I'm like, Theo's cute, no matter who you are. Like, first, you're like, oh, okay, cool. You're a cute, funny, engaging guy. Sure. So you're like, okay. Uh, so you do it. And he's and he's, you know, shakes my hand as I'm getting off stage. He's like, that was really funny. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. I didn't run the light. Like, I didn't completely screw up. There's four people in the room, whatever. Right. Right. And I'm shaking. And... Right. So then every, like, it's just funny because other people were like, well, you know, Theo probably wanted to sleep with you or whatever. And like, that's how that stuff works. And they're just like, yeah, that's fine. (laughs) And I'm like, hopefully Theo never watches this episode because I never thought that I I wasn't, I was in such a comedy mode. I was like, I'm going to nail this. I like 10 people asked me to sleep with them. And I would have been like, are you kidding me? I'm here for the jokes people. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah. We'll see how the set goes. Yeah. Yeah. So, So it was just funny. And like, my mom was really happy and that was nice. Good. My parents are very supportive. So yeah, it's, it's really nice. So it was fun. So from there, it just sort of worked out. Right. But like Adam Egot didn't pull you off to the side after your set at the comedy store. Oh no. I'm guarantee you to this day, he doesn't know who I am. <laughs> I mean, I've Which done maybe a blessing, Tony. maybe a blessing, yeah. maybe a curse. Who I've knows? I've done kill Tony. I get, so I, I don't know if you know this. I did kill Tony. Then I got on potluck the following week. No, yeah. then I had a week off where I didn't get pulled for anything. Then I yeah. got on potluck. Yeah. Then I got on potluck again. Jeez. Second, set two weeks in a row. So in That's a month, crazy. I was on comedy store stages three times, and I don't know why. Yeah. 
I don't know what they were looking for. I don't know if somebody screwed up and put my name on twice. It was very it's the weird. Luck. Because luck of the draw. I went, yeah, I went back this week after I got on potluck and I was like, okay, I'll sign up because my friends wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah, whatever. I'll sign up because I'm here. So yeah. I don't expect to get on. And then yeah. somebody walks up to me and they're like, you got your names on there. And they were like mad because yeah, they knew course. they on it the night, week before. And I was like, I right. don't I don't make the rules here. Okay. I don't know if you know, but this place has been here for a long time. There's a documentary. Okay. I don't, this is in, yeah. I'm just here. I don't yeah. know. So yeah, I don't, wow. I'm not sure. I would love to know. I'll never get an answer, but I'm sure in the afterlife, I'm sure in the afterlife, you'll find out what that was all about. And maybe, you know, uh, maybe. do you believe, do you believe in an afterlife or no? Um, I believe I'm more of like a nature person. So I sort of believe in like the energy of the universe and that things are sort of like, I think to some degree magnetically connected and I don't necessarily like, I wouldn't call it praying. I think it's more like intentions. Like I think I, when I check myself, I'm like, what are my intentions? Are my intentions negative? Are they positive? Hmm. Are they, um, putting me in a position to be more successful in life are they setting me back like yeah to me it's more about like am I happy am I not happy how do I get there um I don't I wouldn't say I really like pray uh, Mm -hmm. but I always am sending good thoughts to people and and stuff like that and the occasional bad thought I mean you know (laughs) sure like that person who was chastising you for getting picked two weeks in a row on potluck no, no, I would never. No, not that person. But maybe oh, like, okay. maybe like, you know, certain people that live the, in uh, the the white straight cisgender men who shushed yeah. you in meetings. Those yeah. ones. Yeah, maybe some of them. Maybe some of the people in power right now. You know. Ah, oh, boy. People some who people really make the decisions. Yeah. So. Right. 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 Um. Right. So yeah, I mean, I'm not super religious. I grew up going to a church in. I grew up in a town called Wilsonville. Hmm. And I, in the church, there was a United Church of Christ. So as I'm sure you're familiar, that's a church that just accepts everybody. everybody. Sure. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Um, and the pastor that I had for my whole upbringing. So it got to the point where we would go to church every Sunday and that was fine. And then it got to a point where my dad also wanted us to learn how to play tennis. Okay. Um, so, I can respect that. I'm a tennis yes. player myself. Yeah. Oh, we should play. We should. That'd be fun. Yeah, super fun. I have court, like free courts right by my house. Unbelievable. Um, Let's yeah. set it up. And uh, so he was like, you can either go to church. And he grew up Irish Catholic. Uh-huh. Goes, or you can go play tennis. You, yeah. go, you have to choose. They're both at 11 o'clock on <laughs> Sunday. Yeah. And you let me know which one would be more beneficial to you. Both equally valuable. Yeah. So my brother would throw a fit about both. Okay. And I was always like, whatever, I'll go play tennis. Like yeah. I was good enough at it that it was fine. I was like, it's exercise, whatever. I'm not going to church. So right. eventually we became the uh, E&C crew, like the Eastern Christmas. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've ever heard that term, but. I have not heard e and no. And then eventually we just became the C crew because yeah. Easter, we were all kind of like, okay, I don't know. <laughs> we like, get it. There's a bunny, but how does that relate to the guy up top? Like, right, right, right. So, and I think once you age out of Easter egg hunts, it's a little less. Yeah. If you're not, if you're not in on the religious side. Yeah. Yeah. Once you've aged out of the Easter egg hunts, it's basically over. Yeah. So we became the Christmas Eve service. Got it. Now, would they do like the midnight 
service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I actually, I still love that. I mean, I like, it's, I feel like it's a controversial thing to say now, but Thanksgiving was always my favorite holiday because I like the, it's convivial. It feels like community, like yeah. people feel genuinely grateful. Like Christmas has become such a consumer holiday. Right. But, right. But like in this country, it's a little weird to me. Um, sure. But I like Christmas Eve service because to me, that's what Christmas is sort of about is like this welcoming of like, whether you believe in religion or not, Jesus is a human being. Yeah. Was a great was a really good person and and brought things forward that I guess people at that time really weren't sure how to navigate mm-hmm. and the the goodness to it. I mean, I have a pretty high moral code uh, for somebody who's not a churchgoer. At least that's what I've been told in my life. Okay. okay. <laughs> I've been told by many many people they're like you're such a good person and you don't like really believe or you don't go to church. Like right. how is this possible? And I'm like, right. it is possible. <laughs> I don't yeah. know how to explain it to you, but it is possible. Right, 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 so, right. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I mean, few few commendations on your part. One, you took potluck very seriously the first time you did it, <laughs> which is great because I've been there many weeks where I see people get picked and they're like, oh, I'm from out of town, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. It's like, hey, kill yourself, okay? Because mm-hmm. some of us come here every week for years and we're not picked. Uh, so kudos to you for that. Second, you are a good person. Um, A little intimidating, I will say that. Uh, What? No. No, you're very nice. Uh, And and you're, yeah, good person despite religion. I, (laughs) or despite the lack of religion, uh, I'm kind of in that crowd of people that's like, I don't get why I, I pick on atheists in particular, people who don't believe in like anything, you know, Mm -hmm. even to be so certain that there is nothing and they're Mm -hmm. still good people. I mm-hmm. I feel like they're wasting mm-hmm. their time. They should just be, you know, I, self-interested. Yeah. Adam Smith economic people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I feel like on some level, people who are like, yeah, I'm an atheist are sort of lying. Mm. Because I think, or or maybe they haven't been faced with something that's made them question their mortality. Mm-hmm. Like, I think maybe one thing that people who have, who are atta- really attached to religion, they might feel their mortality a little bit more. I think maybe there's a more of an emotional connection to whatever that is for a person. Yeah. I, I, I would say I'm kind of in between because I'm like, okay, if I get really sick or I think I'm going to get into a car accident, then you're kind of like, okay, something prevented that from happening, right? Yeah. Like something, yeah. something happened, whether it was a chain of events and, it, and it, there is no God or whatever, but there is something. Sure. And I think so to say that you're atheist, you don't believe in ener- anything, any energy, any, you know, I feel like probably a lot of people who would say they're atheists study astrology. So it's mm. like, do you really believe that? You know, like they're like, but I'm a Virgo. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So you yeah. do believe in something because you're letting like your horoscope dictate a lot of, I think yeah. what some people in religion are letting them like dictate for them. So right, right, right. I think it's really hard for people to not believe in anything because uh, I don't know. I think maybe atheists are just control freaks and they think <laughs> they have control of everything, but but. Yeah, I I don't know. In in my limited discussions with with atheists, uh, some of whom are really good friends of mine, mm-hmm. it is not at all about. I mean, I guess it might be related to control, but it's more like 
I'm in control of my own life. Uh, and maybe that's what you're talking about is mm-hmm. like, there's not a God that's controlling me. Mm-hmm. There's not a universe that's controlling me. Um, some of them though, just find it, you know, it's like liberating. I might not even be in control of my own life because there's mm-hmm. just pure chaos and nothingness. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I just do what, uh, makes me happy and what makes me happy is what makes other people around me happy and that's why i'm a good person <laughs> and that, i mean like i said that's that makes no sense to me uh yeah. but i don't know i also think you know a lot of people who are true atheists dislike or at least look down on religious people as being you know stupid or quaint or uh, archaic in some way and i think you know maybe maybe you should be grateful that they have religion at all because who knows what they would be without it oh yeah i mean i think about that a lot yeah i i definitely i have a couple more couple mormon friends who were trying to explain to me why mormonism was important to them and why they were mormon hoping that i was going to jump on the bandwagon sure and that's the whole reason i do this podcast but that's fine (laughs) keep going is it really no Oh, I was like, I get, it. I get it. Like you guys all have like an agenda. It's fine. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We always have a project. I, yeah, I understand. Um, yeah. That's how you get your planet when you die, right? Right. I mean, that's exactly. one way. That's yeah. one way. There we go. Yeah. Um, I remember the first time I heard about the planet thing, and I was like, I'm sorry. What? Did somebody yeah. play a mean joke on these people to get their money? Like that's how that as a child <laughs> that was my. No, I mean, look. As far as like, if we're gonna go with all religions made up. If you're going to make up a religion, why not go big? Why not give people planets, right? Sure. I mean, yeah. I feel like if if all religions made up, Catholics kind of messed up. They should have been promising planets from the beginning. That's so funny. That's hilarious. Yeah, no, it's a great point. Uh, yeah. I forgot what I was saying, but well, you were uh, saying uh, some of your Mormon friends were trying to explain to you why they like. Oh yeah, they Mormonism. basically they ma- basically told me that they don't think they would be a good person without religion. And sure. I think that's there's two sides to that. I think <laughs> yeah. uh, on yeah. one hand, you have to have enough confidence in yourself that you can be a good person no matter the situation. Mm-hmm. So when somebody tells me that they wouldn't be a good person without Mormonism, it kind of makes me think like, well, maybe you're not really a good person at all. Because <laughs> right. You're just fooling right. yourself into following a set of rules. And if, if that weren't the case, it would just be the purge every day in your life. Mm. Whereas like, that. I don't necessarily believe in something organized but i still wake up every day and i want to make good decisions and like i didn't really get into trouble as a kid i wasn't Mm. like out drinking and doing drugs i Mm -hmm. did very little underage drinking yeah Um, you know like it was just i think it was like having a conscience and understanding that your actions have repercussions and they affect other people and they affect yourself and they affect your health and your happiness and like, mm-hmm. don't you want to be, ha- I was kind of like, don't you want to be happy in life? Sure. And for, uh, I don't like make disappointing people. I think that's just my personality. Yeah. But it might also, be an oldest child thing. I feel very similarly. Yeah. And I think my parents sort of punished with disappointment instead of like grounding. So sure. they would just be like, we're really disappointed in you. Right. Like, oh, devastating. Like, if, I, if they don't love me, then I have nothing. Yeah. That's so devastating. Uh, yeah. But I also had a really solid family foundation so people that don't have that if they don't know the difference between right and wrong religion might be something that really saves them i don't Mm. know it just depends yeah yeah yeah. but i would like to think that all people could be good without it but that's without religion yeah sure sure yeah i like to think that too i just think they're better with it that's that's all 
So here's, uh, can I ask you a question? Yeah, go for it. Let's, let's get into it. Let's get into okay, it. What's okay, the deal wanna, with Mormons? Well, I, it's not even that. So, oh, okay. okay. You, you Something think, else. We'll wait. We'll wait. You think I'm a good person. You've, you've established that. Sure. Yeah. Say that I, am. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. mostly am. I mean, I think most people are decent people. Yeah. So I guess my question for you would be, if I were Mormon, Mm -hmm. how much better could I be? I mean, infinitely better. But but I need some like concrete. Yeah. Well, I mean, so this would involve, uh, I, I don't know. Right. Like, I think I think you probably would not be necessarily a better person. Um, but uh, maybe maybe you'd be happier. Maybe. Maybe and, not though. Maybe yeah. there would be so much guilt associated with, with religious stuff that you would feel worse about yourself given things you've done in your life, right? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Because um, I, ha- I went to yeah. Mormon church one time. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. Ironically on Easter. Ah, that's great. It's a great Mormon, uh, great Mormon holiday to go. Yeah, well, yeah. not really. But it was funny because- <laughs> I mean, it's no different than any other Sunday. Well, Mormons don't, yeah, they don't, but they don't make a big deal out of Easter. Yeah. I mean, not in our service. Uh, usually there's some themed talks about mm-hmm. the resurrection because that's what mm-hmm. we celebrated Easter. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, even Christmas, our, our sacrament service for Christmas isn't mm-hmm. uh, always, you know, a huge spectacular event. Mm-hmm. Um, usually there'll be a reading of Luke two i think is the specific chapter in the new testament that Mm. covers the birth of christ the traditional christmas story usually there'll be some thing like that or a reenactment it's a little bit harder to reenact the resurrection of our lord and savior (laughs) so there's not much of that going on i mean they did if they can do it with tupac at coachella i think uh i think the mormon church has enough money you know they could uh... we could but why waste our 100 billion (laughs) on a projector that's a lot of money dude i have i have issues around that too that's another we did it we Um, did it here's the thing we are ready for when tax exempt status goes away for a faith we are (laughs) set you're set for a lot of things i think that's just one (laughs) i think that's just one thing Um, yeah yeah if the apocalypse really does come i'll tell you just based on that number i will convert it's time to get baptized maria it's time to jump in but it's not here yet Okay, no, we'll see it's what not happens in November. Right. <laughs> and right. then maybe I'll call you. No, so oh I my think gosh. so back to so when I went on Easter, they handed yeah. me like the shorthand book of Mormonism. And okay. I read like that. Like a pamphlet I, or it's like a I I guess you've never seen it before. It's like a little book. Yeah. And it's kind of got like the rules and regulations of just day-to-day practice very um okay a little less religious and more of like here's what you need to consider like no drinking no tattoo do you remember the title of the book i don't is it like a strength of youth or uh it was in college so we went to the like youth ward yeah so i think it would it's probably whatever is digestible to to a young adult ward yeah it was i'm trying to think because the thing about Mormons is we're pretty, we're pretty standardized. There's a lot of things that mm-hmm. everyone in the church does, knows, has, mm-hmm. you know, there's a set curriculum as it were. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little bit miffed. I don't know which book you're talking ah, about. I gotcha. I got uh, it. Okay. Well, I mean, 
I think I've named it. I think it's anyway. Go on. Okay, so they gave so, you. They yeah. Gave so you this they give pamphlet. you. So so I'm reading it right, yeah. and like I'm completely open minded. I'm like today is a day of open mindedness. Beautiful. Whatever. Right. So and and for anybody that doesn't know, Mormon sort of day of church on Sunday, the hour that we were there is pretty boring. It's not like going to sure. Catholic church. It's not like going to a regular Christian church. There's not really any singing. Like it's very basic. Okay. Yeah. There's and, some singing. We do, we do like three, three hymns. I don't hymns. know that there was any the day that I was there. Oh or, if it, or if it was, it was really bad. Like, That's abysmal. Like a, yeah, they should have was, done some singing. Okay. Yeah. So, and so I'm sitting there. Did you there. take the sacrament while you were there? No, I don't think there was one. Okay. So then you went to a different hour of church. You were there for like a Sunday school. Maybe. We do know. three felt... we do three hours of church. Yeah, I know Maria. that. I know that. I mean but now I... we do two, but when you went, it would have been three. Yeah, but the guys told me they were taking me to the best hour because I was like, look, if I'm going to do this with you guys, like you got to at least make it entertaining. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't Maybe take it's just a sacrament. bad word. Maybe, maybe it was just a bad ward. Or maybe they did and I forgot. It was Right, time. okay. Anyway, not important. So you're reading. So I'm reading this book and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And then it's like, if you know, don't drink alcohol. And then I, the one thing that I did learn that day that I thought was interesting was the reasoning behind it was for your health. And I think at that point in my life, I hadn't really thought of it that way. I just thought of it as mm. like, oh, they don't drink. They think they're Some so much better than everybody. Oppressive, yeah. Sure. Yeah, because it's. I think that's how it comes off to people. And when you're young, you're like, all you want to do is like figure Drink out how to get party. drunk or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I've never been a huge drinker, so that wasn't like my mo. But um, yeah. And so I was like, okay, cool. They don't want to do it for their health. I understand some of that. Like they want, they encourage people to eat healthy, which is funny because I feel like there's a lot of overweight Mormons. But um, yeah, there are for sure. And then it was like, don't have any piercings besides in your ears, one hole in each ear. Yeah. If you have a tattoo, consider getting it removed. Yeah. And like, to me, some of that stuff, I understand, like, you have it in there. It's probably been like that for a long time. Sure. But I also feel like the fact that it didn't feel like you accepted people for who they were, that they Mm. had to then conform on top of it felt it's a little bit of a bummer, you know, it's sure. a little bit like sure. I was grown, I was raised to accept people. And I remember, I mean, when we were growing up, gay marriage was a huge issue. Yeah. And my parents, because they were sort of politically involved, like we would have fundraisers at our house for mm-hmm. the gay propositions and the gay marriage stuff. And we'd have gay people over. And my mom used yeah. to say to me, you know, you might see a, two women holding hands there together, like they're in love and that's okay. And yeah. that's just how it is. So don't, be weird you know like as a little kid don't don't stare and i remember sure. was like, i was like okay cool i don't care. like i yeah, yeah. my friends like i don't care right whatever you know and so if you think about some of that stuff you as a child you would never think otherwise until an adult tells you something is wrong mm. and two pronged because right that's how you learn the difference between right and wrong like killing someone is the wrong thing to do but helping someone is sure. the, and helping someone is the right thing to do. But then there's all these things in the middle that are very subjective to, yeah. I guess, what is considered somebody's moral high ground. And I mm. think the idea that if somebody's not hurting someone, but you still are asking them to change, mm-hmm. like for me, that hurts my heart a little bit, mm. you know? 
Yeah. And so some of the stuff that I learned through some of my Mormon friends, I was like, you know, it just hurts my heart a little too much to ever really take it seriously. Right. Right. Yeah. And I can appreciate that. There's been, I think there's been uh, some, some conscious moves uh, to make it more of a, change in mentality especially surrounding homosexuality because Mm -hmm. when when all of that initially kind of hit the surface culturally in the united states yeah the mormon church as far as lay membership goes regular people i think the message did get very confused and it was like hey gay people are bad people like they're sinning and they need to you know change who they are Mm-hmm. And there has been, uh, as far as I can tell, a pretty conscious move to, no, no, people who are homosexual are good people. Mm-hmm. We do not support the choice of interacting homosexuality, right? Like having gay sex is not okay. Just like having premarital sex is not okay. Mm-hmm. But so gay with sex any religion, is not okay even if you're married? Right. Well, see, and that's where, yeah, right. So it's not okay, even if you're married, because as a faith, we do not believe that marriage is between those of the same gender, a woman and a woman or a man and a man, that, that marriage is between a man and a woman or so a woman and a man. How do you feel about to. transgender people? Yeah, this is another uh, difficult, I guess, culturally now subject. I think, I think transgender um First of all, I think both are are very difficult life situations to have if you are, you know, of my faith. Very difficult, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're a person who legitimately believes that, you know, I'm in a male body, but I feel female, mm-hmm. that's a very difficult position to be in. Um, my, my faith puts a lot of stock and importance in gender, that gender is not a construct it is not something that's culturally or societally created. It is God-given. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I do think there's, there are people out there who may be misgendered, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, that biologically, they are in the wrong body. Mm-hmm. I think that's possible. I, I think it's a very small number of people. Mm-hmm. I think in general it's probably more linked to a mental, emotional, chemical imbalance or illness that I think a lot of actually science and data seem to suggest, right? Because a lot of transgender people are not necessarily happier um, or at least the suicide rate doesn't change post or pre-op. It's a really tricky but situation. Can you make that argument though about a man feeling like a man? That it's what, an, what do you mean? Like you could, I mean, but you could say it's a it's a hormonal thing, it's a chemical thing, it's a an illness. Like there, that a man that, feels like a man. Yeah, I mean, I think you could make that that assumption for just gender in general because hormones play such a role in like your identity and what goes on in the chemistry of your brain. Sure. So I don't. I don't know. It's funny. You say my faith believes, but you don't say I believe. Are those two things different in any way? No, not really. I I think most people are, most transgender people, I think do suffer from something. 
mm-hmm. right? They, they might for, I guess this is where it's like, I'm not judging them. So it's not like I'm going to interact with them and treat them like, oh, you're lesser. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also don't know that I really, I, I don't know that I really believe that as many people who claim to be transgender are in fact, you know, misgendered. I don't know though. I don't know. It's not, you know, it's not up to me to judge, but. The element of gender in the Mormon church, is that heavily emphasized in the traditional context that you just described because of procreation? Yeah. Yeah. It's very heavily linked to procreation and our belief in the afterlife, right? And what leads us to get the planet, as you so callously put it. Right. So... Um, so are you going to ask me about what about people who can't procreate in this life? No, I wasn't actually going to, I was going to talk like science is obviously so advanced. So you can have a sperm donor, you can have, you can be a surrogate. You can like, so if you're a trans person, you could still carry a baby if you were once female and now male. If you're Mm -hmm. a gay couple, you can have a, you can be surrogate. Like these people can still have families and can still procreate. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the disconnect there is a little like old world versus new world, even though Mormon is still sort of a new world thing. Yeah, perhaps so. I think I think it's more an idea of there will be no surrogates in heaven. No, I don't know. Um, I think I think it's the way I make sense of it is Mm -hmm. it's more uh, attached to uh, yeah our, our our divinity, right? That that gender is um you know and i think biologically it is something that is integrally important so even if you're dealing with a surrogate you're dealing with someone right if you're if you have uh, a gay couple you need a woman to have a baby regardless of how you want to split it there has to be a woman involved but you don't have to have sex no no but you have to have a uh, and you don't have to be married you have to have a conception. I mean, because science makes certain things possible, I don't think means that it makes certain things, you know, morally or religiously correct or allowed. You yeah, know? I just don't think it's morally incorrect if everybody is in agreement and nobody's being hurt. I don't think that makes it morally incorrect for me. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think if I, the, the other thing is the way that you're describing it now it, it makes Mormonism sound like a business transaction. Mm. So if you, the way In I what was, sense? Wait, what do you mean? What do you mean? Um, because it's like, okay, you have to be straight. You have to be um, married. And then you yeah. have a baby. And then, and I felt this way for probably a very long time. This is one of the first things I learned about Mormons was you get married, you have a ton of babies. And then sure. hopefully when you die, like things work out for you. <laughs> And, yeah. I mean, like as a kid, that's like the first thing you realize because you're like, okay, these people go to this church that I will never go to, but and yeah. there's like 15 of them, you know, yeah. like, why is that so different? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so to me, it's very, very much like a business transaction of like, how do we create the most people on the planet for world domination? <laughs> I mean, isn't that, and, isn't that what yeah, it's always been about? Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. for Mormons, sure. I don't, I don't think outside of that i think catholicism is somewhat like that i think there's a couple other like when you get into some of the really serious religions yes but i think your everyday person 
yeah. in the modern world, in the Western world now, is not operating that way. Right. Well, I think most most members of, of the faith, like I'm not operating that way. I'm not trying to make as many people to take you over have a few. LA. We have a few. have a few. We got a few. We got three yeah, kids. We got a three few. Kids. We're, doing, we're doing our part. Yeah. No, I don't think it's a matter of like create as many people as possible. Um, there's no mandate or directive from from, uh, you know, leadership of the faith to have a certain number of kids or to have any kids mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. It's obviously encouraged mm-hmm. both socially and, uh, you know, th- I guess theologically encouraged mm-hmm. to have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, a lot of this, we, uh, as far as like gender and sexuality, a lot of it is, is really based on our, you know, on my belief in, in a document called the proclamation of the family, mm-hmm. which which talks about, you know, and highlights gender differences and the importance in gender for the eternities. And I think there's a lot of stuff that we deal with in this life that is imperfect because we're in an imperfect world. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think as far as the afterlife goes, people are going to kind of pick where they're going to be happiest. And mm-hmm. uh I, I think there will be some things that will be different in the afterlife. I don't know how many people will be homosexual in the afterlife versus mm-hmm. this life. Some mm-hmm. probably still will be. Mm-hmm. Some might not. Same with, same with transgender. Okay. So here's the other thing yeah. is obviously like with re- religion, you're choosing to believe a lot of things that are not materialized, right? Like sure. you're just, it's literal faith. Um, yeah. And so I think, the, the idea that you do all of these things here and it will make your life after whatever happens after mm-hmm. better that there's such a belief. Okay. So, Oh God, this is an epiphany I just had. Yeah. So there's such a belief that what you do here <clears throat> is going to affect what happens after. And that's yeah. to a point where it's almost more important, the afterlife than the life here. Yeah. I can see where, where that comes. Yeah. And yeah. so the thing that is unfortunate about that for me is you're leaving. There's a whole group of people right here. Sure. There's a whole planet full of wonderful, mostly wonderful, Absolutely. caring, kind. Like I argue with my dad because I say most people on the planet are average at best. Uh-huh. The reason average exists is because it's the majority. Yeah. And so, and he always goes, I think most people are good. And I said, I think they're average. I think sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. Sure. And he's an idealist and I'm a realist. And so I think yeah. the idea or that a pessimist. you would, I think I'm a right in the middle. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I'm a pessimist. I think, yeah. I think if I said most people are bad, that would right. be. Well, of course, of course. Anyway. Yeah. 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 Go on. Yeah. So I think the idea that you're sort of foregoing, for example, transgender people or homosexual people or you know, tribes in Africa that are not Mormon or whatever it is, Mm. because whatever's going to happen for you, which isn't even guaranteed, you have no proof. Sure. You know, like I think people can argue that they know, but really there's no material proof. Yeah. It's like you're, it's sort of like you're leaving a job undone. Yeah. 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 Well, I I mean, and I think Mormons, for example, I mean, obviously I don't know the ins and outs, but sure. I think Mormons are generally a group of people who like to help. They're family oriented. 
Um, they're happy for the most part. Yeah. You know, like I think if if you meet a Mormon person, that's kind of going to be your first impression. You guys are very well trained. Sure. <laughs> you're good yeah. people. You know, you're like Put on you're a good facade. You're you're. It's nice. It's good. It's ref- yeah. it's it, it it's warming. And I'm yeah. sure that's how you get a lot of people to convert. But uh, <laughs> initially, sure. Yeah. So it's like, why not make the world that you're in a better place? Because the stuff that you, isn't guaranteed. Yeah. You'll never, you may never know. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I think in, in, you know, our defense, uh, we do, we do try to make the world that we live in a better place. You know, uh, I mean, my church does donate a lot of money. Granted, we have a lot more saved up, but we do donate a lot of money uh, around the world. There's always, every hurricane season, there is a whole platoon of, of people of my church who go to the south, uh, you know, southeast of the U.S. and help clean up and, and rebuild. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I th- and I think theologically, we're not, we are not abandoning people who are homosexual or identify as transgender at all, nor are we, you know, abandoning people who live in Africa and never hear about Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're all they're all included. the The temple that your parents uh, were so generously allowed to go through uh, during mm-hmm. the open house—that's one of the main things we do in those buildings after they're dedicated, and then we don't let anybody go in. Um, <laughs> we we do this this really weird thing, right, called baptisms for the dead, which is baptisms by proxy for people who have, have already passed mm-hmm. away because we believe so strongly in an afterlife and in our ability to choose both in this life and in the life to come mm-hmm. um, that, that uh, you know, we, we give people who have passed on the opportunity to accept being baptized into, into the faith. Mm-hmm. Do you, I, the last time I asked this question years ago, the answer was no. Are you, if you're gay, are you allowed to be a member of the church? Because yeah. I know before it used to be, you could come and you could participate in all things, but sure. you couldn't be an actual member. Yeah. Uh, so this has, I think, at least my understanding is some of it has been uh, in flux. I think it's always been the case that if you, I, okay, so let me start with this, right? We we do, to be blunt, we do look at homosexual activity that is, you know, homosexual sex as a sin. Like we view that as a sin. Uh, just the same way we view premarital sex as a sin or mm-hmm. smoking or drinking. Right. And obviously a person who smokes and drinks can be a member of our faith. Mm-hmm. There are, you know, they probably won't be allowed to go through the temple Mm-hmm. And all of that is also true for those who are members of the faith and homosexual. The, the issue is we deal, you know, you have um, the identity of the person, which is mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, I have same-sex attraction. Mm-hmm. And uh, then there is the action on same-sex attraction. So... Mm-hmm. In, in in my church, we talk about it as like, you know, you can be tempted and not succumb to temptation and you're just as great as everybody else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you have temptation and then succumb, well, then you need to repent and then you're as great as everybody else. Mm-hmm. And that's the way, I guess to be callous, that's the way we view homosexuality. So people who are 
we, we talk about it really as, you know, suffering from same-sex attraction. So that's your temptation, right? You're confronted with this temptation all the time, just like straight people are confronted with, with premarital sex and infidelity as temptations all the time. And uh, just because you have that temptation doesn't make you a bad person. Mm-hmm. If you succumb to that temptation, you're still not a bad person, but you, need, you now need to repent. Okay, so... I have to ask you another question. Yeah. You're real, I love the way you answer questions, by the way, because it's like a real discussion. Yeah, it's good. Not, it's not, it doesn't, I don't know. It's just some people don't know how to do this. So well, I'm not trying to apologize credit. for what my faith believes or for what I believe, right? Um, right, for sure. So I guess then, so there's two gay people there in love. They have sex. That's great. Congratulations for that. Wonderful. Right. Yeah. Um, does it ever make you sad that you are a part of a religion that like you don't accept that, that, that the, there's love there, like that there's consensual, like yeah. to me, that's like withholding love. Like love is physical. Love is emotional. Love is like something that's really hard to find. It's very elusive sure. for a lot of people. Sure. And if you take the, the male and female, the gender thing away for a second, the idea that if there's gay people who are going to watch this episode and they hear you say that, it's like, I, I know, I understand like in other things you said tonight where you're like, I don't judge you, but then at the same time, it is a sin. So there is judgment. To well, some degree. not by me, by God, but yeah. No, fair right. enough. But yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. No, I understand. I think, I think I understand. What you're I think saying. it's a little bit like it makes me sad when you say that because I just think that there should be a universal acceptance of love, regardless sure. of, of yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not hurting anybody. And so I just wonder if you ever have moments where you're like, you know what? I know I'm supposed to believe this, and I get it, and I and I want to be on this planet with my family for eternity, but. I wish I could change some things about my church that would make it so for all people. Yeah. I think, you know, again, it comes back to this idea of gender being so important and it's ties to procreation being so important. Uh, So first, first, I don't deny that gay people can love each other and that that is a beautiful thing. Love is great. Love is love, right? Mm -hmm. Love is love is love. I mean, part of me is sad that, that they have to endure this life um, feeling uh, on the outside of society, feeling judged, feeling oppressed. I mean, that part is sad. Uh, absolutely. My belief in the afterlife is that if they're tempted with homosexuality in this life, or if that's their struggle... Mm-hmm. then I feel like that will be corrected in the, in the afterlife unless that aspect of themselves is so important to them that they don't give it up. Just like a temptation or a struggle any of us have, right? Mm-hmm. For some people, you know, it, it might be, uh, I don't know, they, they love just having orgies. I have no idea, <laughs> you know? Um, sure. Whatever it is for people that that's like, well, this is who I am, right? Like, mm-hmm. I am someone who who swears a lot. I don't know, mm-hmm. and that I would have to give up in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can give that up. That's really part of who I am. Sort of like a comedic persona, you know? <laughs> it's like who, sure. who, how many sacrifices on a comedic persona can I make and still make everybody out there 
laugh. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So wait, so, okay. So I was just, I have like the ultimate question I want to ask you, but I'll ask you one more question first. Sure. So if let's say that you had an out of body experience and you died and you came back, like, let's say you visit, you got to visit the afterlife, right? Yeah. Like total love a Christmas story, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's Uh, a wonderful life. Yeah. And, and you got there Yep. And just they were like, hey, guess, yeah, guess what? Yeah. You guys have been doing it all wrong down there. We've been trying to tell you. Sure. And it's a lot easier than you <clears throat> are making it. Yeah. What would you do when you came back to the present? What would you do? Would you tell anybody? Would you try to change things? Would you? Yeah. I mean, would uh, would you agree? Sure. I mean, okay. So part of me wants to take this question not seriously at all, but I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it seriously. Okay. Because that's how much I respect you, Maria. <laughs> sure. So, uh, okay. So I have a legitimate, what I believe to be a legitimate out of body experience. I would pray about it and seek inspiration. That is try to get in touch with heavenly father about, is this, is that real? Is what I experienced mm-hmm. real? Is that mm-hmm. really heaven? And if so, what aspect of heaven is that? Because mm-hmm. in the Mormon faith, there, heaven is huge. It is huge. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if any of your Mormon friends talked to you about the levels of heaven that we believe in. Mm-hmm. So it might be, you know, and Joseph Smith is famously quoted uh, as saying the, the lowest level of heaven is so good that if, if we really got a glimpse of it, we would kill ourselves to get there that's sort of a paraphrase of his quote okay uh so it might be that i was in the telestial kingdom the lowest level of heaven where you know there are murderers and and cheaters and just some of the people that we think are just terrible in this Mm -hmm. life that's where they are they're Mm -hmm. they're actually in the lowest level of heaven Mm -hmm. and we would love to be there as Mm -hmm. opposed to here Mm -hmm. So is that what I saw? Did I see the celestial kingdom? Where no, all I think of you the would see the people ultimate, are making... whatever. I think you'd see whatever the ultimate is. But right, so I see the celestial heaven, where everyone's making babies. It's so good that people would kill themselves and people in the Mormon church know that. Why isn't everybody jumping off a building? Because that's a sin. Yeah, but you don't know. You could get there and be like, hey, look, guess what? It's not a sin. You yeah. did it the most efficient no. way. No, we know. We know. We know, Marie. I don't know. know. That's faith. That's, but, be- that's belief. I mean, to come back to your question, I would, I would seriously seek truth, right? To know, is that real, right? It, mm-hmm. Just the same way I feel about my faith, is that, is that on par with the same feelings, right? If mm-hmm. so, then yeah, yeah, I would feel morally obligated to write letters to the presidency <laughs> of the church and be like, Hey guys, we got to calm down. I would talk <laughs> to, you know, the, the Bishop, the leader of the congregation where I go mm-hmm. be like, Hey man, we are too strict. This is crazy. That's funny. But yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I think so. I, I have a personal belief that a lot of people, okay. So like a lot of people in my, in my faith are, I guess in my experience talking to people about this, some people are really hard on themselves. Mm-hmm. Some people are really easy on themselves. And I think mm-hmm. both are going to be surprised in the afterlife. So that's kind of the way I view it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think some of us make certain aspects of getting to heaven too complicated 
too hard. Mm -hmm. I think some of us actually simplify it down way too much. And there, there is, I think, some uh, level of complexity to getting to heaven. Probably not as much as we think, but there's some. There's some yeah. hoops, some hoops we need, probably need to jump through. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think it too, it's all about what people can handle. Like yeah. even I think with the pandemic, it's like people who wear masks versus people who would never put one on. Sure. I think it's really about what they can handle. Yeah. Some people can't handle the mortality of if, if you get this virus that you can't see, you can't hear, you can't touch and you're going to die. Right. They're like, oh, I can't even, can't even I believe can't make, that. I already can't make my bills. My wife yeah. left me like the idea yeah. that that would happen. They're just like, I, I can't do it. Right. But so often they're the same people that believe in God. So very, it very is, difficult. But I, I think it's, I think the country has fallen apart a little bit in terms mm. of like how to measure things. Mm. I think our measurement of stuff and some of our moral high ground has dissipated. I think it can come back. I just think we've, there's been such an influx of negative negativity and hate and the fake news thing and the misinformation and just like the, the, there's so much out there and there's yeah. so many different ways to communicate things that people just don't people really need a, a main channel of information and or maybe a couple where they where they can decipher things but yeah there was a time when when information was delivered in a more simple way and there was more peace yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Right. It was also our, you know, arguably a simpler time. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think, I think definitely one thing the internet did was make information almost infinitely accessible. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, you know, not everybody. I mean, think about, uh, you know, when you were a kid, did you want to know absolutely everything when you were a kid? No, but that's now available to everybody. And some yeah. people are kind of at the mentality of a, of a kid, right? They can only handle so much information. I think this is kind of what you're talking about with the, with the mask wearing versus mm -hmm. non-mask wearing people. We can only yeah. handle so much. Yeah. And I'm so different because I like to know everything. Sure. I, I, I'm, I've been accused of being a know-it-all in my life. I try to scale it back, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I have like insane curiosity. I think most comics do. I think good yeah. comics have a huge curiosity just for life in general. Yeah. And, and we should, we should. Right. So I mean, certainly me, writers do. Yeah. For me, I'm like, oh, there isn't anything I can't handle. Like, let me have it. Let, yeah. like, let me go see it. I'll travel to this place. I'll go to a war zone. I don't care. Like I, I need yeah. it. Yeah. Um, right. But a lot of people, it's hard for me sometimes to understand like the most simple person's life in a rural Ohio, because I, I empathize with it, but I, I also know that I don't fully understand because the day to day is so yeah completely the day to day of just what goes on in their head. Like forget the, the tasks, right. What goes on up here is so different. So, right. Right. And I, you know, I, I guess really to get back to kind of the homosexuality, transgender stuff, that's the way I feel about that too. I can't even comprehend what they feel, uh, experience. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just don't know. See, it's funny. I feel like I have more of an understanding <clears throat> of that, but I think it's because once you accept like love, love is love as, as cliche as that is, sure. I think it's a lot easier to get. And I think, I think the, th 
the thing that we've gotten away from in this country is just like knowledge and education and the idea that the person living next door to you isn't supposed to be scary. Mm. Right now there's a lot of that of like, I don't know who's living next door to me. If they're voting for Trump, I'm like, I can't talk to them. And yeah, like it's funny because I'm obviously very outspoken and very liberal and very much a Biden supporter and all of that. So and I've been no, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've been outspoken about it on social media amongst friends. I have family members who are conservative. I have I've had more Trump supporters, uh, family members and friends unfriend me and block me than I have done to anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sure, I might call them out, but I'm also happy to have a healthy conversation or argument or whatever. Where I'm happy to hear your facts. I would love I would love to hear a fact from the other (laughs) side more than anything else. Like that right. would make my whole day. Right. And, but here's also yeah. my opinion. And they get so upset yeah. because they run out of, their argument runs out after a time. And then all they have left is to say, Trump 2020. <laughs> that's, the, that's how every argument ends. And then they block me. And I'm like, yeah. wait, that wasn't an argument. That was just a, st- like, that was just a word, you know? Right, right, so right. So it makes me really sad because to me, that's a lack of, empathy it's a lack of education it's a lack of knowledge understanding um yeah. civility like and yeah i mean that I, bums me out a bit. yeah yeah it, it it bums me out too i i think i mean granted i am more uh conservative minded than you are um no way i am not right right <laughs> shocking right i am not you know a maga hat wearer or a trump right. 2020 bumper sticker guy Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know though that that coming from a religious background, there is there is a sense of callousness and attack from the left as well on you know the religious mentality as being backwards, uh, stupid, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen that. Those are not the arguments I'm personally i'm having like right it's really about just about fact and fiction more than anything yeah 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 Yeah. and that's fair i'm just saying that i think there's vilification on both sides and it's sad to me that it's happening on both sides and you know i i don't know i don't know that there's necessarily a who did it first issue uh but it certainly has gotten to a point where yeah i agree with you it's it's really bad in in the 2016 election a really good friend of mine uh also a latter-day saint obviously because like 98 percent of utah is mormon (laughs) um but yeah he he unfriended me because i in in full disclosure i did not vote for trump in 2016 uh i did not vote for hillary clinton in 2016 so uh-oh even steven even steven did uh, you vote though that's what's important i did vote i did vote i voted for, for the Jill libertarian Stein. Got it. <laughs> gary for oh, who who did you say i was to say jill stein jill stein no is she, she the green the, party person green party. Yeah. yeah i think no so. i'm a libertarian i'm actually a registered libertarian wow i know i'm so sorry truly amazing <laughs> my party there's, my party you know, is the best like, there's a bunch of people writing jokes about libertarians right now that I've been hearing that are fantastic. Is that I right? I really appreciate that. Oh I would love yeah. Them. You gotta come to you gotta come to our mic. If you come and Jim Bruce is on, I'll make him tell the joke. So oh please do. Okay. I'm gonna try yeah, to yeah, make it to the next it. one. I'm gonna try to make it to yeah. one of these. Even if you come late, just come. Yeah. That's great. Okay. I will. Um 
Yeah. So I don't know. What was I even saying? Who cares? You're talking about how you're a libertarian. Right before that, though. You're your friend in 2016. Oh, yeah. So I have a friend. I had a friend who uh, unfriended me because I made some comment about, you know, the the left being the open minded party. Uh, there's so much vilification of those who voted for Trump that it, they only mm-hmm. do it for, you know, one of two reasons. It's either they're racist or they're bigot. And so I said, you know, from coming from the, uh, I made like a tweet or a Facebook post or something that mm-hmm. basically just said, you know, uh, you know, it's rich that, you know, the open-minded party is, is so myopic about why people vote for Trump. And he unfriended me, unfriended me for like a year. Wow. So it's, it's all, you know, it's happening on all sides. I think it's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. I think it's better to not unfriend. Like, I think that sort of seals the deal on some stuff. And, and people are like, it goes back to your thing about the first amendment. Like I posted some stuff where I said, if you're voting for Donald Trump, you're a racist. And I think at yeah. this point, the issue that I have around it is that I think there should be some things where if a candidate that you support starts to do some really bad stuff Mm -hmm. and there's historical, like you can say, okay, he did it here. He did it here. He did it here. He did it here. Where it's like, okay, how many times are you going to let this go before you're like, wait a second, I need to use my better judgment here. Like, this is not what I believe in. Sure. You can be pro-life, be pro-life. But if you're not, if you don't believe in racist ideals, maybe think about that for a second and like which one is more important to you i guess a lot of people have decided that the racism thing isn't that big of a deal and there are other things that they think are happening that are better but i still get to have an opinion yeah yeah of course the the thing that's crazy is that it's always the people commenting on my posts it's not vice versa and Mm -hmm. then people come after them because they say sort of ridiculous things and then they can't handle it so then they unfriend me and i'm like you you came to the right so right and now they left yeah and now you (laughs) left you you saw yourself out but you you broke the vase in the entryway on your way out so yeah i don't get that yeah i mean i think i think there's a lot of reasons people will vote for trump in 2020 i think there are a lot of reasons people will vote for biden in 2020 uh and not all of the reasons are great you know, yeah, uh, for, for regardless of which party you, you, you follow. Um, but, but I think we need to get some of, I think there's a lot of things right now that are, that are upsetting that don't mm. need to be upsetting and polarizing and hate. I think there's just feels very hateful. Yeah. And I think it's been a very long time, maybe ever in American history where it's been that bad. I mean, I think Nixon would be a decent example, but even then, it wasn't, this is just, we're so unhinged. Like it's yeah. funny if you have a bad president, like if you want to argue that Bush wasn't a great president, like sure. there were a lot of things that went wrong. Sure. But, but he wasn't completely like off the wall. Yeah. I mean, you know? I think, I think in... we, can, we can only handle so much mentally, like yeah. yeah. I, I, in full disclosure, I have this same argument with Josh Edelman almost twice a week um yeah i think i think dealing with trump you're dealing with really two separate issues one is the person of trump which is a a real problem Mm -hmm. just a real problem and then you're dealing with the president trump which is also a problem but i think (laughs) less of a problem than the person trump 
Um, but I think the person Trump gets in the way of whatever he thinks the president Trump is. Yeah. Um, like yeah. you shouldn't be cutting deals with the Democrats on Twitter about the stimulus bill. Like that's not how you make a deal. I mean, it everyone wasn't, knows that. It wasn't how you make a deal, but now it's apparently a way to make a deal. But I don't think that's going to be. It's not going to be the way in 2021. Forward. If Biden's elected, no, that goes away. That's or no literally thing. anyone. I don't think any other decent person that would have yeah. the stamina to even run for office would be like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, no. Mike Pence, he's not going to be. He's not going to be no. running deals over Twitter. No, yeah. no, for sure not. For sure not. Um, and I think I think as far as you know, policies or beliefs. I, I, th- I think there's a lot of, you know, you can have, uh, and I think we have had kind of bad people as president for a while. You know, I think, I think arguably President Obama was a good person and he was probably the most recent good person we've had in quite a while. I, I don't think Bill Clinton was a good person. Was he a good president? Yeah, I think he was a good president. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Donald Trump a good person? No, no, I don't think he's a good person. I think that, yeah, I mean, I, I also just think the self-interest that's taken over politics. Yeah, I think that was the issue, though, long before Trump came into Oh, for sure. Power. I mean, but the whole reason Bush ran for office was... I mean, the Bush dynasty, you know? I mean, he didn't... I don't think he wanted to run, I, but I think... Yeah, well, Jeb certainly didn't want to run. Yeah, he's like, please don't hurt me. <laughs> uh, no, and I just think it's sad, because I also do think there are some some young people running for office at the local level at the national level who really want to change that and i think hopefully they run on both sides conservative and republican and they're sane and or conservative and liberal and they're sane and they're normal and that they want to do good and work together i hope that there can be balance because that's the whole point of living in this country yeah is to have a balance of power and i think people forget that like i am about as liberal as they come and i be- i believe in that i don't yeah in- yeah i i think i think we're close to a a big change and and i don't know if that means donald trump has to go another four years before we get there or if the biden administration will bring it in i don't know i'm scared i'm scared for this election though i don't i don't oh terrified regardless of who wins it's going to be catastrophe for the next for the few weeks after the election i think i think if biden wins in a landslide like a true like he wins florida he wins pennsylvania yeah and there's no contesting yeah i think trump will throw a hissy fit but i think he'll disappear i think he'll well he's not going to disappear but he will concede but i think he will self-implode for a while i think he kind of already is i mean they've run out of money you go to their website if i go to their website just to check on things sure and it says if you donate today we'll match your donation times 900 oh wow that's not what does that even mean that's not real 900 900 so if i donate you know, a thousand dollars, you're going to put in $900,000. Yeah. You should do it. You should test them on it. No, but I just want, I don't (laughs) understand why people aren't talking about that. I'm like, this is insane. You go to Joe Biden's website. They're like, please today. We would love it. Right. To us like 20, 40, $60. Maybe you get a t-shirt. Right, right, right. Today we will match your 
<laughs> donation times infinity and you're like okay yeah. yeah do i also get to ride on the rocket ship like what i don't know i mean that's uh yeah that's a very interesting oh. i did not i did not know that i don't go oh, yeah. go go take a peek around their little merch store it's like wow. if, if you don't like trump you probably won't like me and yeah 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 oh my I, gosh it's really entertaining there's wrapping paper if you have anybody you want to send hate mail to you could get some trump wrapping paper wow i mean it's a great it's troll good to do your research yeah it's a great troll item send it to josh edelman who i gotta uh, i gotta keep an eye out for his birthday that'd be great yeah just do it gift. after the election when the money doesn't mean anything well and 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 assuming biden wins because if Trump is in power and I send Josh Edelman a Trump-wrapped gift, <laughs> I don't think he'll like me after that. No, he probably won't, but he'll probably, he's a comic. He'd appreciate it. I think he'd get a kick out of it after like yeah. a year and a half. Yeah. He might come That's around. Okay. I don't, all I know is the amount of, te- if Biden wins, the tension that will release in my body. Sure. I may die in that. Yeah. I, I mean, Whew. you <laughs> and every other social justice warrior snowflake out there is just going <sighs> to totally release it's going to be an orgasmic an orgasmic experience for so many people i can't even get offended that you called me a snowflake because when i was a child that's what i wanted to be when i grew up (laughs) of course of course you did yeah i wanted to be a snowflake and a hair cutter yeah 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 Yeah. my dad was upset about the hair cutter one i yep i actually identify with your dad very much so (laughs) I feel like if my daughter, either of my daughters came to me and was like, I want to be a hairdresser. No offense to hairdressers out there, but I'd be like, you can do better. Okay, sweetie. So you can funny. Do better. But I was like, look at my Barbie's hair. She's got a buzz cut now. And he was like, that's exactly <laughs> why I will not let you. Oh, that's great. Okay. My final question to you before we get to your real question about what's the deal with Mormons. Yes. Do you remember, speaking of hair, the pony do you remember the pony that had the like dreadlock kind of hair that you could like form? Just, no, was this not your time? Like a toy? It was a toy. No, it was a real horse. It was a real horse. Everybody had it. It was a pony. No, it was a toy. It was like a My Little Pony kind of, you did, you did its hair. Was it like just the neck and head? No, it was a, oh. it was an, a whole body pony, whole body pony with, you know, a oh. tail and mane. Oh, I don't remember that. My sister had one. And uh, yeah, anyway. Okay. Well, that was great. Totally anticlimactic. Let's get to what's the deal with Mormons. Wait, you don't have another question then? Well, that was not a real question. That was it. It was just about the... uh... Okay, wait. Did you really think I was intimidating? Be honest. I think all women are intimidating because I respect respect women. Um, no, I felt like when I first met you, it was outside of, if I remember right, I think it was at Westside, actually. Mm-hmm. And Wendy introduced us. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you just saw my wedding ring or something, but you were like, oh, not interested. I said that? No, you didn't. You were very oh. nice. You were very nice. I'm <laughs> just saying, I, I think most women are not interested in me once they see my wedding ring because they know, oh, he's dead. Oh, Why no, no, that? I'm not out like, trolling for dick come on every woman's on the prowl all the time oh my god no not at all that's so funny (laughs) just because i'm friends with wendy doesn't mean i have uncontrollable horny rage oh Uh, my gosh no i think i think uh no you were very nice you were very nice yeah 
And I think, I don't know if you told me or Wendy told me you were Mormon. I was kind of like, oh, cool. There aren't yeah. very many Mormon comedians. And I, like I've said tonight, I have a respect for Mormon people because I grew up with them. So Right, right. No, um, Wendy usually anything, introduces me as the Mormon. So yeah. it's great. It's a good icebreaker. Uh, no, it's yeah, no, no, no. I wasn't, I wasn't intimidated by you. Okay, no, good. you were very nice. I've gotten that before. So ah, I, sure. I was, it's more of a gut check for me. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, that's, that's before I was a stand-up and even now I'll make jokes with people that I don't really know. And if they don't laugh, I'm like, great. We, we can't be friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just that's not going to work out. Fun and dating. You be happy. You're not doing that anymore. <sighs> yeah. Um, I'm so glad. Although it might come back. I don't know. Really? I mean, that's not recommended where you come from. I mean, probably, probably not, but you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Polygamy has never been disavowed as an oh, evil God. practice oh, by the faith. But, have, you uh, can't be in California then. What do you mean? You can't be a polygamist in California. Yeah, I mean, you can't be a polygamist anywhere in the country. Well, um, you, I, isn't there a place in Arizona or Utah or something, like a camp? There is a colony in central Utah, but they are often prosecuted. And it's so troubling. Actually, Utah passed a law... I, not totally decriminalizing polygamy, but lessening the charge Jeez. for polygamy. I guess the Utah understands how hard it is for a woman to find a good man. So. Right. It's very difficult. It. Um, <laughs> but, you know, with speaking about gay marriage, with the way it is now defined legally, I don't think polygamy will be that far away in the future from being legalized. Maybe. I think love it's is love. I think it's. Maria. Love is yeah, love. Yeah, but I think it's a ways off. Like, I think there are far more gay people than there are people who are like, yeah, polygamy. Like, yeah. I think there's a lot of people who experiment with polygamy when they're young. <laughs> sure. And then they get older and they like. like that's, that's a waste of time. It's a lot to manage. It is a lot to manage. Lot to I manage. cannot. I mean, for sure, when I was 15, it was like, that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm like, no. This... Yeah. And like I think the the structure of like gay marriage is so similar to straight marriage that like it's not necessarily more more work like polygamy's like there's some organization needed. yeah 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 but you know what they say all good things are worth working for so yeah okay my question for okay. you what's the deal with Mormons Maria what's the deal it's yeah. hard this has been a hard question to think about because. I feel like I know a, a decent amount, like maybe mm. a little more than your average person. Sure. So I'm going to hit you with a hard one. I'll oh give you boy. an option. I'll hit you with okay. a hard one. Yeah. That's a little bit more personal or okay. I'll hit you with like a really basic one. Okay. So first one is, uh, was there ever a time where you've questioned being Mormon and thought, you know what, this is, this is not it. And what yeah. was it? Yeah. Um, or how do you feel about, I know I'm going to, I know you're going to be mad when I say this. How do you feel about the special underwear? Ooh. Do you wear it? Sure. And like, what's your real opinion of it? Yeah. As just a regular, maybe not even as a Mormon, just sort of a regular person. Like, what, it's great. I can't really tell which one's the more difficult question. <laughs> Is the second one more difficult? No. First one's more difficult. Easy. I feel like that's the obvious like the second one's like, oh yeah, everybody knows about the Mormon. The Mormon right, garments. right, right. Or if they don't know about it, they've heard about it. Right. I think the first one's actually easier for me to answer because uh, 
there's a lot less kind of mythology surrounding it. Um, no, I mean, I haven't ever seriously doubted my faith. I think that's just truly a blessing that I've had. Um, I've certainly had tough times. I've certainly had times when I've questioned my standing with God, I suppose, is a way to put it. Uh, one of those times was while I was on my mission. I served in Eastern Canada and uh, was just going through a tough time, not really mm-hmm. finding many people to, you know, to teach people who were interested in the message. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was one time in particular where we actually got thrown out. There was a guy that we'd been teaching for a few weeks. I'd mm-hmm. been teaching him for maybe a month. And typically when you're teaching someone, you go over once a week, mm-hmm. right? You give them a, a lesson and something to do for the next week. Usually it's like come to church and read the scriptures that we give you. Mm -hmm. And then we come back and let's talk about it. And we'll give you a little bit more of our basic doctrine. Mm -hmm. There was this guy that we've been talking to and uh, he'd been reading the new Testament. He was not willing to read the book of Mormon. He wanted to read the new Testament, gain a better understanding of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Totally respect that. That's great. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he, I remember he asked me or communicated something about Jesus Christ, not being the son of God, that Jesus was lying about that and, or mistaken or speaking more, more metaphorically. Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't think that's true. I think he was being very literal. That is part of our, our, you know, the Mormon faith is that Mm -hmm. Christ was the only begotten of the father, physically heavenly father's child. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he was like, or, you know, he got, he got very upset and threw us out of the house actually. So that was like the only guy we were teaching this small fishing village. I was super depressed. So yeah, I've, I've questioned about it. I prayed about that, you know, for weeks, uh, wondering if I was wasting my time and felt like, you know, one night had this feeling, uh, that, you know, are you, kind of the thought that came to my head was, are you, are you doing your best? Are you doing your best? And as I honestly answered that question is yes, I felt much better about being a missionary. And mm-hmm. that was about halfway through my mission. I've had friends who have left the church, good friends from high school who have left the faith. And I've just never seriously doubted it the way that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know why. The guy that, the sort of threw the book at you so to speak yeah in that moment yeah did you start questioning or were you frustrated after that after he kicked you out because he questioned you and he didn't just believe or were you frustrated that you had maybe approached it the wrong way and there was something else that you should have said yeah I think there was both uh no 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 I mean I mean I think it was more what I mean by both is what I was thinking in my head. So the latter half of what you said, I was worried that I'd made a mistake, that I'd been you know, too abrupt, too uh, callous in the way that I talked to him, mm-hmm. um, too insensitive, and uh, that th- there might have been a better way to do that. I was, yeah, I was worried about that. Um, I was also just sad that he uh, didn't, um, didn't want to talk about it, you know? He didn't want to discuss why he differed in his opinion um, from what, from what my opinion was. Um, And uh, you know, 
I, I was also sad that I'd hurt his feelings just as a human being. I was sad that, mm-hmm. you know, I don't like necessarily confrontation, mm-hmm. um, especially when it's something that I've caused, you know? Mm-hmm. So that makes you a good husband. <laughs> <laughs> Boy does it. Boy does it. Um, if, you, if you could go back and talk to him today, what would you tell him? Um, I, I would just say that I, 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 I'm sorry that I offended you, you know, that, that time, I'm very sorry that I offended you, mm-hmm. but you know, it'd be the kind of apology that's kind of a Weasley apology. I'm not sorry really about what I said. Mm-hmm. I, I am sorry that it offended him, but I'm not sorry for defending my belief in, in Jesus and who I think Jesus Christ is. Yeah. There might've been a better way can, to do it, but. I think you can still be sincere in your apology of hurting somebody's feelings without admitting that you think you were wrong or whatever. Yeah. I, I will say as a husband, uh, <laughs> there are some apologies that my wife and I make to each other that are more, more along those lines of I'm, I'm sorry you feel bad about mm-hmm. what I said, but I'm not sorry for what I said. Yeah. Um, but I think which doesn't feel as good, you know, when you're hurt. So. No, but I think that's family too. I mean, I definitely have had that. I'm not married, but I've had that with family. Yeah. What's yeah, your yeah. one piece of relationship advice you would give people? Ooh. Uh, and then we'll come back to the underwear question. Um, oh, you're going to do both. Yeah, let's do both. Heck yeah. Okay. Heck yeah. I'll, I'll answer right. the underwear question first. That one's probably quicker than I, I need to think sure. about the advice. Thing. <laughs> um, I do wear, I do wear the underwear. We get the underwear when we go through the temple. So mm-hmm. that's the other thing, the other secret sacred thing we do in our, in our temples. One of the other things we do, mm-hmm. uh, it's called the endowment. That's the ceremony that we go through. Uh, it's really a promise that we make to heavenly father. And in kind of return, this covenant, we, we understand a covenant to be a two-way promise. So we promise to kind of devote our lives to, to Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother and Jesus Christ. And uh, they in turn, right, bless us with, um, you know, various things, right? The ability, the whatever, uh, moral fortitude to continue and carry on. Mm-hmm. The, the physical... Um, symbol are the garments this the holy underwear so we get those as a physical reminder of the covenant we make in the, in in the temple mm-hmm. and yeah so we're encouraged to wear them all the time uh at least when it's uh you know unless you're swimming uh or or having sex or in the shower uh okay and, so i think some people think you're supposed to wear them when you have sex so that's good that's a good clear up yeah. for your audience <laughs> my my mother my mother is a marriage family therapist wow and she definitely had conversations uh, with, so when I, the only reason she told me this is so that I was not confused at all after going through the temple. Uh, you know, she was like, yeah, you should for sure take them off during intercourse. <laughs> um, yeah. She dealt with a couple that left them on. They never got naked. This couple never got naked with each other. Unbelievable. Uh, totally there's so many other issues going on. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And how do I feel about them? They, I will say this, they are not the greatest uh, thing to get you in the mood, right? It's not a sexy <laughs> underwear. No. Um, but that's not the point, right? That's not the point of them. Otherwise I feel fine. I, they are easier for men to wear. You might be mm-hmm. surprised by this. 
they are easier for men and more no, comfortable for men than yeah, women. I've seen them. So. Yeah, yeah. Most people could just find images of them on Google, Google images. Just. Mm -hmm. Well, it's funny because, I mean, as I went to a Mormon wedding in uh -huh. Hawaii years ago, and I was one of two Mormon people who or one of two people who were not Mormon. Right. Freudian slip, thing. I understand. <laughs> and I just found like the whole weekend I was just watching because it was in Hawaii too. So you're not going to have it on all the time. And I was like, okay, yeah. let's see how loyal all these Mormons are. <laughs> are they going to wear it all the time? Are they sure. going to wear it when they're at the beach? Are they going to wear it during the wet? You know, it's just funny. Like right. it was the game I played in my head. And then I felt like such an alcoholic because I couldn't drink the whole week. And we walked through a hotel and I could smell Mai Tais. And I was like, this is... You want to know what's a sin? Withholding <laughs> from the non-Mormon, okay? That's a but sin. But weren't you just so happy that week? Weren't you just happier than you've ever been in your entire life? Uh, I, I, had, I did have a lot of fun until yeah. the father of the guys I was friends with that was the father of the groom mm. uh, really got into it with me about politics and finally said, you're a guest in my house and I expect you to act like one. Oof. and i didn't appreciate that because he got into the conversation with me and if he thought i was gonna just like bow down to sure to i think you've probably learned in the course of the last hour and a half that that's not me pretty unlikely pretty unlikely yeah. oh man interesting mom boy my piece of relationship advice oh my gosh Don't um, underwear if you want to be sexy <laughs> wait what's that so don't wear the Mormon underwear if you want to be sexy. Invest in true lingerie. <laughs> yeah. Take some time to change. That's so funny. Yeah. Take some time to get set up. Um, Man, I mean, I feel like the only real advice, it's kind of similar to like having kids. There's so many books and, and people willing to offer opinions on how to raise children. And I think the fact of the matter is you have to find what works for you because every kid mm -hmm. is different. And you know, every relationship's different. You have to find, you have to find a way to joke with each other, be happy together. I don't know what that means, you know, as far as like exactly what that is for you mm -hmm. or for anybody out there listening. But I think that's important. I don't know. You got to yeah. do what uh, makes you happy within the bounds the Lord has set. <laughs> or just the universe. Right, or just the universe. <laughs> right, right. I, mean, I think communication is important, like all the things you just said. And I think that's the one thing that Mormons are really good at in a lot of ways is communication. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. try. We practice with uh, each other, with Heavenly Father, and uh, we cover <laughs> it all. We cover it all. Conversing all the time. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Prayers in our hearts. <laughs> I mean, that that is, a, you know, the the kind of vitriol and the somewhat toxic environment that's really why i wanted to do this podcast maria is i didn't want to talk to people about politics because i get a little too heated about it um there josh edelman and i usually devolve into yelling at each other and uh it's usually because i try to play devil's advocate and i shouldn't i should oh, just be man. sincere with him and i can't i can't do it it's just too fun to get him riled up um yeah, I wanted to do this podcast to uh, try to alleviate some of that. Religion is an important aspect of our lives, I think, at least spirituality, mm -hmm. however we find happiness. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't think we talk about important things in a way where we're listening to each other. 
Mm-hmm. And, and I think, like you said, with politics, that's 100% true with politics. Um, right. It's really too bad. And I don't know why people take so much of politics so personally. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what, in my estimation, that's what prevents us from talking to each other about politics in a sincere, productive way, is that we start feeling too, at least for me, too personally attacked or too personally involved for some reason. Mm-hmm. It's funny, though, because <clears throat> I think at its core, politics is not an emotional subject. It's the things that swirl around it. Yeah. Like, if you read a book about U.S. history or you read a book about politics or like I'm reading White Fragility right now, which people laugh when I say that. Yeah, yeah. But I had to stifle a giggle. No, go on. But the book, so you're reading about a very emotional subject. You're reading about racism. You're reading about how to handle it. Yeah. And I, I got through the first chapter and I was like, I feel so different reading this book because it's written in an in a knowledgeable it's educated it's informed there are, it's sort of textbooky but but not and it's not a long book mm-hmm. and it takes the emotion out of if somebody's racist what may, you know like you're a bad person you're this it comes really down to like the fundamentals and it comes down to fear hmm. and and the, the two biggest emotions in human beings are fear and love yeah and i think and I think that politics plays into that. I think right now you could argue that Trump is playing into people's fears more than anything else. Hmm. Um, I think he's playing into the fears of his own base. I think he's playing into the fears of liberals. He's got everybody terrified. Like, it doesn't matter how you slice it. Everyone yeah. is terrified. Um, yeah. I, I do think liberals are more scared of Donald Trump than his supporters are of liberals. But yes. maybe not. I, I think that would be an accurate assessment, but I also think conservatives think that he's their security blanket, mm. which couldn't be farther from the truth. Yeah. I mean, there but might they, be some out there that do. But they so yeah. believe that he's like this business hero or whatever. Um, sure. That the savior, I mean, if again, if you go on his website, you can buy a coloring book of Trump the superhero and there's like a yeah. thing of yeah. him. Yeah. So, I mean, he knows how to market. I'll give him that. It's not good marketing. I mean, I work in marketing. It's not, you're not using your powers for good. I don't know. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, people should yeah. be using their powers for good. Sure. I think I have hopes that the Mormon church one day will uh, get to a bigger understanding of how to mm. accept all people and get to a point where they've, yeah. they've navigated that a little bit better. And, and I hope that for all religions, but that's what we're talking about tonight. So Right, right, right. And I think there might be there, uh, a, I don't know, a disconnect or a misunderstanding because I don't think it's, I guess, the, okay, the way I view my faith is we are supposed to be improving ourselves. It's not about meeting people where they are and letting them stay there. It's about, you know, meeting them where they are and then raising them up. And, you know, that might sound bad that that I'm talking about people kind of overcoming homosexuality. But I don't know. I mean, there are lots of people in my faith that that believe one day homosexuals will be married in the temple. I am not there. I'm not there. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how theologically that would work. Um. But I do think there's a difference between loving and accepting people 
and asking people to improve. Yeah, but isn't that kind of why prophets exist? Because they're these people that come down from yeah. the heavens or whatever. To or help. they're born like normal people. Yeah. Yeah, or we, I mean, whatever it is, how, sure. whatever, however they're supposed to appear. Yeah, um, yeah. out of the womb. But yeah, yeah go sure. on. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> from the planet, directly just shot down like an asteroid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think those are some of the people, if, if you're going to look at religion literally and, and historically, that those are the people that come down to forward things. And so yeah. somebody came down out of the womb and came out and said, hey, look, I'm here for the Morms. I got to teach you guys a few things. We're behind. Here's what's going on. And here's where we've got to go. Then there would be updates. Yeah. I mean, we, we do have living prophets. We have a living prophet right now. Who dat? Who dat? Uh, why am I blanking? This is so embarrassing. Why am I blanking wow. on his name? Must be a good problem. Oh my gosh. And we just had general conference. Oh my gosh. This is one of those awful moments. You just uh, lost a planet. Nelson. Nelson. You just lost a planet. I know. It's been nice oh knowing gosh. you. Uh, Russell M. I look Nelson. Forward to your, I look Russell forward to your conversion. Russell M. Nelson. Unbelievable. I, I look forward to your conversion to Judaism next week. Oh gosh, how right. embarrassing. I did Russell it. I M. cracked Nelson. the Mormon on his own podcast. Unbelievable. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so we do have living prophets. I don't know any of them. Um, yeah, Russell M. Nelson is the current like leading prophet, right? President of our church. We, we have a quorum of the 12 apostles. You know, we do have prophets, right? Um, so they might, they might come up with that revelation that, uh, you know, now homosexuals can be married in the temple. But again, I, I would struggle. I personally would struggle with that revelation. That would be a challenge to my faith, to my understanding of how gender works, of how procreation works, and, and of, of our identity. That would be a tough one. That would be a tough one for me. Well, when that happens. Yeah, maybe. I'm going to call you. Maybe, but it might not. You know, what about, what about if it doesn't? I have faith. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. If that were the case, you'd, you'd baptize immediately, huh? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we then would it's have not a very, gonna happen, Maria. We would have a very interesting. I know. The thing, here's the thing is like when people yeah. want to convert you to anything, whether they want you to get to try the new Pepsi or whatever, it's <laughs> right. like I want to be sold on every single benefit, like to the point where, yeah, it's made up. Like I want to see how sure. far people will go just to get me to try the cancer. Sure. You know, well, I'll tell you I, what, you could have your own planet. Yeah, see, that doesn't do it for me. What? Have you not seen planets before? I've seen them. They're pretty awesome. Sure. We don't know. We kind of know. We don't know. We sort of know. Not really. Come on. You could make your own, though. You can make whatever you want. Can I? Okay. Can I ask you one more question? Nope. We're out of time. No, yeah. Go for it. Do you believe in dinosaurs? Do you believe dinosaurs are real? Okay. So I knew a Mormon girl in, in high school growing up, and she's a fantastic human being. Oh, no. But she did not believe that dinosaurs were real. Is that a sure. thing? It's a thing. I mean, there are, like with any religion, there are people who believe slightly different things. It's not a, I, I will say this, there's not like an official stance from the faith <laughs> on whether or not dinosaurs existed. Um, different leaders at different times have talked about evolution in different ways, mm-hmm. but 
certainly within the last, I would say, 30 years. I mean, as far as I've been alive and, and can remember, mm-hmm. no general authority has spoken literally about the creation being mm-hmm. seven days or even 7,000 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think absolutely evolution's a thing. I think absolutely dinosaurs existed on this earth. I think the earth itself is billions of years old. And uh, as far as man first being on the earth, yeah, it was Adam and Eve. I believe in that. I don't know exactly where they took over from Neanderthals, but somewhere, somewhere along the line. Well, I'm glad you believe in dinosaurs because otherwise this podcast would have gone a whole nother hour. (laughs) I know. Oh my gosh. We dodged it. Holy smokes. Thank goodness. I do think the earth's flat though. All right. Thank you, everybody. Oh, that's great. Oh, my goodness. Maria, this has been awesome. Thank you so yes, much. Fantastic. Thanks for having me. This is great. I'd come back anytime. Oh, beautiful. Good, good, good. <laughs> uh, once, maybe maybe we'll have an election night extravaganza or after the election debrief. I'm down. We can, uh, I'll bring you a box of Kleenex or um, a hazmat suit. I don't know what you're going to need when Trump wins, but. Mm. I'm going to buy champagne and be optimistic. Just yeah, like good. it was in 2016. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Did you cry in 2016? Was that an emotional moment for you? Yeah. So uh, when my dad was running for office, I had the great luxury of meeting Hillary and Bill. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I had a private tour of the White House. Oof. And I got to hold socks, their cat. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I, I've had some experiences with both Hillary and Bill that have been really special. Yeah. Hopefully um, just good experiences with Bill. Yeah, of course. I've, yeah, I good. met Bill a couple of times. Um, sure. And I, the, th- the thing with him that people that don't know him have to understand is the charisma that oozes out of him is the equivalent of like a Brad Pitt. Like yeah. I would imagine it would be very hard for anyone of any age to really say no to him. Or any gender. yeah just just anybody at all a cat a dog sure so i think not that that excuses him from any behavior he may or may not have done but i mean he knows he has that power maria he should be able to wield it for good but i also don't think you can turn that off like i think that's just yeah i met brad pitt and bill clinton in the same day they have the same and i was like yes yes and yes and I oh my know. gosh like you Same just day? have control of your own body yeah uh that's a well we'll talk about that another time but yeah same day Jeez uh, Louise. yeah so i yeah. met hillary when i was eight and age of accountability was, yeah and that was special and yeah. i think she is a very special person yeah um i think that people can have their opinions of her but you can't knock that she's educated Right. She's knowledgeable that she's the most qualified female this country's mm. ever seen in terms of somebody to run for president. So I think mm-hmm. some, of the, some of those levels, the fact that she lost is heartbreaking because as a working woman, as a liberal woman, as a career oriented person, as somebody who wants to see the, the country improve, it's mm-hmm. hard, it was hard to watch that um, and feel like something was going to happen that was special i was at the democratic party i was living in portland i was at the democratic party that night yeah and when they lost ohio the whole room yeah just went oh 
Yeah. And so that was really emotional. And yeah. then I just cried the whole way home. I was up till 2 a.m. I was late for work the next. It was like the one day I showed up with, to work with no makeup on. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. Nobody talked to me. Like this is, <laughs> we had, they called a meeting on my team because I was like the only girl on a team of 10 uh-huh. at Nike. Uh-huh. And my manager called a meeting because everybody was upset. He was upset. And yeah. He was like, hey, look, some people are going to take this really well. Some people are going to be happy. Sure. Some people are going to be really upset. He's sure. Like, we need to be respectful. So I, I had my issues with him as a manager, but I think on that level, he did a great job of setting the expectation for the day so everybody could just get through it. And yeah. I really appreciated that. So. Yeah. But I was sad. And I think it's okay to be sad. I think that's valid. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's now and it's unbelievable. No, yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, I I don't know how this is going to go. It's going to be an interesting time. I think it's going to, I think it'll be historic, but it will be, I think it'll be good. Yeah, I I just remember I was in my bed in North Carolina watching the debate, you know, watching the results come in Mm -hmm. and the palatable disappointment on the anchors at msnbc when they announced florida and then ohio was devastating mm-hmm. and the yeah. scramble of calculating electoral votes after that you're just like i mean there's just no way north carolina was the first i mean i was in north carolina and i i remember being like if north carolina goes republican i don't think she's gonna win and uh, I don't know. We'll see. It was hard. I do think if you were to look at this from sort of religious perspective, if mm-hmm. Trump does win, then there's reason for us to be continue to be punished. There's some reason why. I mean, like the work yeah. hasn't been done is what that means. That's it. To me, the universe or the God right. or whoever has signified, hey, look, you guys didn't work hard enough. There's sure. still a lesson to be learned because I think amidst all of this chaos that has raised my blood pressure there are things that we've learned unfortunately that uh have been whoo yeah yeah (laughs) i yeah i don't know i don't know um maybe maybe trump is one of those plagues that we just have to deal with and uh and overcome he certainly has the plague i don't know if you heard (laughs) i did hear i hear he's doing fantastic from his mouth yeah, fantastic. Better than the last 20 years. Well, uh, if I could put a gag order on my doctor, I'd be doing great too. <laughs> we'll see. It's time to trust the science though. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know how this is going to go, Maria, but it's going to be something. I'm um, going to message you on Facebook on election night. Please do. Please do. I mean, given all of the uh, corruption and the ballots that are going out to 20 people, um, we're probably not going to know their true results until, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we'll know, but I think we'll have an idea. Of, yeah. I mean, a um, lot of people are voting early, spread. which is great. Yeah. Are you, are you mailing in? Or are you going to the polls? What's happening? Got right it. here. Is it filled out? Is it done? It's not done. Okay. I, I still have some praying to do. I still have some fasting to do. Um, fasting? Yeah. To I don't know. To fill out your ballot? Yeah. It's an important decision, Maria. This is an important decision and we have to take it seriously. And uh, I do take my vote seriously. I, I don't know. I, uh, I don't know who I'm going to vote for. 
out of Joe Biden or Joe Jorgensen. That's what I'm really not sure about. And I know a lot of people are going to hate me for that and be like, hey, if you vote libertarian, you're throwing away your vote again. People like you are the reason Trump won in 2016. I disagree. I disagree wholeheartedly. I think every vote matters. And I think the reason Hillary Clinton lost is because she didn't have as much support as she thought she did. And And that's too bad. And Russia was involved. Ah, we're going to go on for another hour. And, uh, <laughs> um, no, let's but talk I think, Let's talk China. Let's no, do it. No, I do think on a voting thing, I think if yeah. there was going to be one year where you were going to vote party line or like for, for a big party, I think if you were, if there was one year you're going to sacrifice and do that, yeah, you wouldn't regret that decision this year. You don't think so? No, I don't. I don't think so because I don't think, I, I think there, listen, if it was the other way around and I had, was the, the, the Democrat was awful and it was this sort of moral thing about, am I going to vote Republican because this Democrat is so nuts? Mm-hmm. It would not be an easy decision. It would yeah. take a lot of thought. I would probably fast as well, but yeah. I think I think there are a lot of times that Americans have been asked to make sacrifices. It sounds harsh, but sure. you know, we've had people sacrifice their lives. We have people sacrifice for their families. And if your vote, if that's your sacrifice for yeah. this time period, that's not... That's what it is. That's what the Lord asks that's, of us. It's a little bit more harmless than what some other people are called to do to keep our country safe. Maybe so. Maybe so. I mean, I guess I don't know, man, we're going to go on for like another hour. (laughs) I don't know. I I don't know if our country will be necessarily more at risk under, There, there are two ways I view this. Okay. So first of all, America is a world player, right? Part of a world economy. I do think we would be more attuned with the world voting for Biden. I do. We're going to be better with the climate voting for Biden. We're going to be better in kind of world uh, markets, potentially voting for Biden. I don't think that Trump has actually made America weaker in international relations. I don't think so. I think, I think we need to be tougher on China. I do. 100% think we need to be tougher on China. I don't necessarily agree with Donald Trump's affinity for dictators, but I, in an odd way, think it has made us safer. I do think North Korea and China are less likely to nuke us because they find Trump endearing. Mm. And that might be a terrible thing to say, but I don't know. I don't think they find him endearing. I think that he is their puppet. I think it's. I don't think so. Yeah, I think it is. I think that the the cyber wars and the stuff that's going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. Yeah. Is much much worse than what anybody can even comprehend. And I say that coming from having worked a security background at Nike for web security. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a it's a different scale. It's for sneakers. It's not for sure. You know. War, yeah, yeah, yeah. But. I would say that things are much worse on that level than, than anybody yeah. could even guess. And I think that those countries have 
some tools and things up their sleeves that they're just drooling to use. And I think in the, on that level, it makes us vulnerable. Yeah. But let me, let me ask you, are you, are you more afraid of Russia or China? Um, I think that, that Russia has less to lose. I think China has a lot more to lose in terms of trade deals and economy. Mm -hmm. I think, I think we're very reliant on China and China is very reliant on us. Yeah. I don't think Russia is, is as reliant Mm -hmm. and I don't think we are as reliant on them. Um, Mm -hmm. I think Russia, it's a matter of keeping the peace. I think it's been a matter of keeping the peace for a long time. Sure. But Um, then why, why would you think Trump is a puppet of Russia or why would it matter? I mean, even if because he, he owes them a ton of money, I think it's not even political. It doesn't have to do with yeah. like, security of the people. I think it yeah. has to do with he owes us a lot of money. Let's see if he's going to get and it. They, if he doesn't, and they have we'll... the prostitute urination tapes. The peepee tapes. Yeah. I hope those come out someday. <sighs> Truly. Not because I want to see them. I just want. Them <laughs> yes, you do. Them. You're so sick. No, I don't want to see him. I don't want to see Trump naked. I have no like. <laughs> ah. I would rather. Oh my gosh. And see him naked. Um, then he can really take his reality TV star status oh to a whole God. new level. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think there's a lot going on there. Um, yeah. And I think that a vote for Joe Biden is a vote for a little bit more security. I think it's complicated, but I do think that. Yeah. I do think it would be better. So I don't know if you're going to make a sacrifice and people do every day. Think about it. Yeah, but not everyone has to sacrifice their morals, you know, and that's really what we're talking about. Morals yeah. and ideals. But I think everyone does sacrifice their morals from time to time, whether you <sighs> repent. No, listen. Whoa. Okay. People, people sin every day. I don't know. They do, but they're not know. sacrificing their morals for a good. You don't sacrifice your morals for the greater good. Some You're not repenting do. for the greater good. Some people do. Who? Okay. Who? People. Who? There's a lot of people on the planet. There's but they're not lot. like. What would, okay. okay. What if? What if? Yeah. What if you sacrificed your morals? Yeah. And Joe Biden wins. Yeah. And and in China and invades. Ki- when no, and you, <laughs> yeah. when your kids are your age or older, mm-hmm. it kind of comes full circle, and you're like, you know what? the the that vote i did i had to sacrifice something and i had to think about that and deal with that for some time Mm -hmm. but it wasn't as long as what my kids would have had to deal with had things gone the other way i don't even know i don't even i don't know i don't know what i don't know what that would mean what would that even mean what are you talking about it's I don't think to have perspective. It, absolutely. I, I agree 100%. But I also don't think that who is president truly affects a lot of our day to day. Oh, I absolutely think it does. And I think who's in the cabinet affects, I think. Oh, I mean, I think you just need to stay off Twitter, Maria. Just stay off Twitter. And, no. you, and you never even know. This comes from a place of, of knowledge. But thank you. <laughs> This doesn't come from Bette Midler's Twitter account. This comes from years of studying and reading and talking. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I understand. I understand. We'll see. What I'll probably do is vote for Joe and just tell everyone I voted for Biden. Uh Don't do that. (laughs) 
You know you're. I'll say Joe. I'll just leave it. I'll just say no. I voted for Joe. They'll be like Biden. I'll be like, yep, I guess. Sacrificing your morals by lying. I mean, it's for the greater good, though, because everyone else will be happy. That's not. That's not for the greater good. Sure, sure it is. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think your mind is already made up. Do you? I mean, you just said it. No, it's really not made up, though. That's the problem. I am the person they are all trying to sway. It's a problem. We need more political parties in this country. That's what we need. Oh, God. No, we don't. We do. We need to. People we need are confused party. with two. No, people aren't confused. People are upset because neither party truly captures what, what the wide swaths of the population truly want. But I think that's because we're a little off, off track and have been for... I don't think there's a track. What do you mean? There's no track. Yeah, there's no, there's, there's no, track. there's no right or wrong when it comes to, you know, who, who pays for college. You know, I think there are no, so many I, political questions I, that are not moral questions, but we treat them as moral questions. Yeah. But I, I think. And I know I was being very cavalier about that before. I don't think necessarily voting is a moral choice, but a lot of people do. That's so funny. I, uh, I, I think, I don't know, I think that the, what, what is politics and, and what actually goes on behind the scenes on Capitol Hill and the conversations and the bills and the laws and versus what's in the news and, and what they're trying to convince you of are different. Yeah. And I, the thing that bums me out about journalism as a whole is that the, it's, it's not supposed to be that way. It's yeah. supposed to be journalism isn't supposed to be marketing really right it's supposed to be the delivery of information right and and propaganda is marketing right and right now the lines of that are very blurred yeah and that puts democracy and stability of a of a nation at risk yeah i wholeheartedly agree with you that's we might be talking about totally different sides of the uh of the political divide, but I 100% agree. Yeah. I mean, and, and oddly I've traveled to a couple different countries that have been victims of genocide. Mass. Yeah. Like I've been to Cambodia and I've been to Rwanda. Yeah. And the thing that took down those countries, especially Rwanda was propaganda from the media to the point where one day they were like, Hey, go kill your neighbor. And everyone was like, okay, okay. that sounds great. Yeah. I don't think that will happen here, but I do think there are people that are rooting for it pretty seriously now. Yeah, I do too. And I cannot tell which side will be the first. That's the real problem. Well, I think the side that's more pro Second Amendment is the side that's more prepared. <laughs> they okay, are certainly think, more prepared. I, I think that both sides are angry, but I think that side is definitely more prepared. Yeah, and, um, yeah. That's what and we, it we don't might want either right. side to be prepared, really. But right, I, I definitely, uh, yeah, so. that is true. Right's more prepared, but I think I do I like think, peace. Yeah, peace. Is that I? I hope. I hope with uh, Trump and Pence, what they should do is say this is for V-shaped recovery. <laughs> That's what this is about. The man is crazy. We can all agree on that. Even the people who support him, they're like, we know he's unhinged, but we, that's what we like about him. Like, yeah, I mean, like. well, that's what he ran on, right? Outside. Mm-hmm. He was an outsider. 
it's yeah, great. Whatever. Oh my yeah, gosh. You remember, did you ever read the book? Is it called The Outsiders? That book. Oh yeah. Didn't we all? God. I think it's great. Have, yeah. Great novel. I don't, I don't like when I was forced to read novels. <laughs> like I'm a nonfiction person. So yeah. I'm like textbook. Cool. Can sure. do that. Autobiography. Great. Novel. Yeah. Please. No. I think well, I got a great, never read the Bible. <laughs> got a great nonfiction book for you and two of my friends will deliver it to you if you wish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh maria this has been a pleasure you yeah, what? this has been fun i said i do believe it is fiction but thank you very much. <laughs> well i have a until copy you read somewhere it. until <laughs> you read it uh yeah this has been great and we will have to do this again at some point um but man so fun and i i we could talk for hours apparently i mm-hmm. didn't know that going into this but <laughs> we could I'm pretty easy to talk to i get Ab- you there absolutely absolutely yeah. this was great anything you want to plug uh, no, I mean, thank you for having me on. This has been fantastic. I have, I've only done a few podcasts at this point. So this is really fun for me. Yeah. Um, I host a Twitch show that you've been on. Yes. Comedy Chill. It's every Wednesday. Well, it's not every Wednesday. I'm kind of, I think it'll be once a month, but it is happening oh, cool. next Wednesday at 8 PM. And we've got Ian Bag headlining and that'll be great. So if you're free, uh, and you're watching this before October 21st. Is that no October 17th? Holy, yeah, I yeah, think it's the 17th. Yeah, uh, no, I don't know 14th. if this one will come out before Just then. Kidding. October uh, 14th. If it's out, if not, if not, it'll be the next Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, or the 21st. Beautiful. 20th. Yeah. Beautiful. Do you have who's headlining the 21st yet? Uh, I am working on that as we speak. Excellent. Where can people find you? Do you use Gram, the Gram, or Twitter? I more? use I Facebook. use Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Maria Bruguer on all. I have a reel that's got one hundred and six thousand views on it. Hey, so I can be funny on hey. all people. Absolutely, and your your Zoom show, Comedy and Chill, is way chiller than this has been. I don't know. This is pretty chill. No, this was pretty I chill. I enjoyed this. This was good. Uh, you're a delight, Maria. Thank you so Thank much for you. doing you this. Are too. Uh, great. Well, I'll put, I'll put your handles in the show notes when this comes out and, uh, follow Maria. She's fantastic. And she tries to pay it forward. That's what comedy and chill is all about. Her trying to help out other comedians that are struggling in particular during the quarantine time, because we have no other outlet. Um, you're a good person. I don't know how you've done it, but you've done it. (laughs) I win. (laughs) Great. Thank you, Seth. Excellent. Thank Thank you. All right. Have a good night. See ya.